Across the UK, online and on DAB. A radio star is born. You're going to love Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Thank you, James. Uh, it's Friday. It's coming up to 10 o'clock. Um, thank God it's almost the weekend, is what we're all thinking. Uh, late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I, th- I think I can say, and I know the sun own us, but Kelvin McKenzie really is an obnoxious piece of such and such. And I know that they're our bosses and all of that, and that's wonderful. I'm, I'm really proud and glad to be working in association with them. But I really do hope Kelvin gets his comeuppance. And just to say, on this show, we love Liverpool, OK? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's have a bit of this, shall we? Then we'll start. Walking to the old apartment. This is where we used to live. Broken glass, broken hungry. Broken hearts and broken bones This is where we used to live Why did you paint the walls? Why did you clear the floor? Why did you plaster over The whole lot bunched in the walls? This is where we used to live Why did you keep the dish rack? These things used to be mine I guess they still are, I want them back Broke into the old apartment Forty-two steps from the street Crooked landing, crooked landlord Narrow laneway filled with crooks And this is where we used to live Why did they pay the lawn? And why did they change the laws? And why did I have to break in? I only came in at all. This is where we used to live. On the floor just for fun I know we don't live here anymore We bought an old house on the damn floor She loves me and her body keeps me warm And I'm happy here And this is where we used to live I broke into the old apartment, yeah Tore the phone out of the wall, yeah, yeah, yeah Old memory, faded memory Breaking into a dove tableau, yeah, 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 yeah 
new Bare Naked Ladies album coming out. I'll have some of that, please. I'll have some of that. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. It is uh, Friday evening, and let's be honest, nobody really wants to be here. I don't want to be here. Kath doesn't want to be here. Ed doesn't want to be here. Um, and I'm guessing you don't want to be here. So here's the plan. Let's um, get our heads down for the next two hours and 54 minutes. Get through it. And never mention this again. Does that sound like a fair deal? Does that sound kind of like a deal that we can um, we can agree to? Yes, yes, good. Okay. Uh, if you want to call in, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Monday's show is going to be good. I tell you why. I've been listening to all these different podcasts from the United States of America because we're going to go and interview some of them, and uh, it turns out I'm going to be a guest on one of them, Keith and the Girl. I'm going to be a guest on which I'm, I'm thoroughly thrilled about. Um, but I was listening to the beautiful Anonymous, and um. It really is absolutely stunning. There's, there's this guy, Chris, Chris Gethard, and he um, gives out a phone number and people phone up and they chat to him and he, it lasts an hour. And um, it's anonymous. So I thought we'd kind of, for Monday, not for tonight, for Monday, sort of nick the idea a little bit, but we remove the anonymous part of it and probably the beautiful part of it knowing some of uh, uh you um so on monday three hour show bank holiday whoop de whoop um so i thought we could have for the three hour show all i want on monday are just three callers one call per hour so one at 10 one at 11 and one at midnight um, and then you stay on the line and we chat for the hour. And um, it may work. It may not work. It may be uh, a, an embarrassing car crash. Um, or no one may phone in. And that's fine. And what will happen, I, I'm hoping in my head that, that, you know, three, four, five, six people will phone up in the first hour and Kath will go through them and she will pick the one that she thinks we will have the most fun with for the hour and then the same thing you know mid, come up to the top of the hour and we we cut them off and then we start the whole process starts again um so should we have a go at that on monday does that sound like it might be um something worth pursuing it could be i mean none of this matters we we all know that none of this matters um oh three four four that's monday show oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number tonight we'll play out the interview with galt mcdermott galt wrote the music for hair the musical which is um is i say my favorite musical i, I don't it's the only one i kind of like really and um so we'll play that a bit later on i should warn you that Galt is very, is, is very old. He's in his eight, I think he's 86, something like that. Um, uh, we've had older guests, I know, Dennis uh, and Dunstable and Joe McGrath. Um, and, um, but Galt is, uh, is, um, a, a bit forgetful, shall we say. Um, and he warms up. It, it takes a minute or so, but he warms up. Um, but he's a bit forgetful. And, um, quite often, a lot of the questions are met with, oh, I don't remember. Okay, right. So it was a tough old interview for me, but luckily for us, A, he did remember some stuff and he had some brilliant stories to tell. Uh, and B, his um, son, Vince, is there with him. They're on speakerphone. So quite often you'll hear um, his son, who's got to be in his 60s, going, well, Dad, if you remember, 
this this is what happened and Gort goes oh yeah yeah that's what happened so it, it's um it's not the smoothest of interviews that i have ever conducted but um uh, it, it, it was just a thrill, you know, he wrote the music for Aquarius and Let the Sunshine In and Frank Mills and all of these things. So we'll play that sometime after um, 11, shall we? We'll play that at some point. Um, but it's a Friday show. We'll go through the papers. We'll have a look at what's in the papers. There's some bits and pieces. Should I, may I put my cards on the table? I really don't feel like doing a radio show this evening really don't feel like it at all at all at all i tell you what happened after the show yesterday um i kind of sank yesterday was was an okay day ish what happened yesterday thursday um i don't remember um it was an okay day ish but then i kind of just sank and um you know i've been eating well and um trying to lose weight and I just thought, ah, stuff this. And on the way home, I stopped at the petrol station and bought a load of crap to eat. I bought loads of sandwiches. No, I didn't buy loads of sandwiches. I bought one sandwich. I bought a couple of uh, sausage rolls and, and a bag of cookies. And I just thought, I, I pressed uh, what some people like to call the effort button. Um, and, it, you know, cookies and, and sausage rolls is better than me going out and scoring some coke or, you know, doing, you know, cutting my arm or something, which was never a thing I did. I, I tried it once. It was too painful. Um, but so it's better than me going and doing that. But um, and then I went home and felt bloated and felt miserable and stayed up watching a really good film, actually, called Doomed about um, the 1994 version of the Avengers, no, not the Avengers, the Fantastic Four that was produced by um, famous schlock movie man Roger Corman. Um, It was a really interesting film. And so I watched that and then I went to bed and and I, I, I woke up um this morning i say this morning it was a i woke up at 12 and i just thought ah stuff this man i don't i can't face today and i toyed with the idea of not coming in to do the radio and perhaps that would have been the perhaps that would have been the wise thing was was when i woke up phoning up my boss and going you know what then i don't I can't. and i could either i could either have said i've got a migraine or I could have been honest and said, ah, yeah, you know, I just... But I thought, well, it's it's 12 o'clock. I've got, I've got 10 hours to kind of um, get my head into gear. 10 hours will be all right. And I had the gym booked at one, but then I fell asleep again and woke up and it was one. I thought, well, I've missed that. So I lay in bed for an hour and a half, maybe listening to um you and yours on radio four on the listen again feature then i thought I've, i this is then it suddenly it was about two half two and i thought i've got to get up i've got to get up and do something i can't stay in bed all day and then go to work so i got up and i didn't shower i didn't brush my teeth or anything i just got dressed in the clothes that i've been wearing yesterday and i thought right i'm gonna go out and get the boys some easter eggs so i went and did that and I had to buy some batteries because the smoke alarms were, the, the, all the smoke, smoke alarms are knackered. So I had to, and they just kept bleeping. And uh, even when I took the batteries out, they kept bleeping. It was the weirdest thing. Um, so I had to go and buy some batteries and I bought some Easter eggs. And then I thought, right, well, I'm, now I'm up and I'm out. I'm going to go and sit in Costa for a bit instead of going back and sitting back 
in um, the bedroom and feeling miserable. So I went to Costa and um, I kind of put the diet on hold and I bought one of their chicken tikka sandwiches because I like them and and a latte even though that's very fatty. There's about 285 calories in a latte. Who'd have thunk it? Even a skinny latte, something like, you, I think you save about 15 calories. But I thought, stuff that. I want a bit of comfort food as opposed to um, uh, worrying about the diet. So I had that. And then I went and had some tiffin as well, a nice chocolate tiffin. And um, what did I do? I listened to some podcasts. I listened to Beautiful Anonymous. I listened to Keith and the Girl. I listened to... I watched something. What did I watch? Oh, I watched um, a horror film called The Void, which was quite good. But I didn't really understand what was going on, but it was it was distracted. Then I went back to, to bed, <coughs> to the bedroom, and I watched four, hour, uh, four episodes of Larry Sanders, I think... And that was that was quite um, distracting. And by this point, suddenly it's half past five, and I thought, right, pardon me, I but right, I need to start making an, a move to get to work. And I felt awful. I felt awful, not suicidal, awful, not gosh, I, 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 you know, I wasn't looking around for um, light fittings to hang a rope from, which I have done in the past. It wasn't that? It was just. Oh, Everything felt so heavy and um, kind of black and white. Do you know what I mean? Some of you know what I mean, and which is why I'm sharing this with you. Um, so then I got up and had a shower, brushed my teeth, and kind of getting dressed and getting ready it took like about an hour and a half because every, everything was hard work. And I'd, so I'd brush my teeth and I'd sit down for 20 minutes. I'd have a shower, then I'd sit down for 20 minutes. Then I had to iron a top and then I sat down for 10 minutes. And I, blah, 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 blah. And I came in and um, I feel awful, awful. And I've been snarky to Catherine, so I need to apologise to Catherine for being snarky with her. And I was a bit snarky with Andy Goldstein. And, um, just was sitting in the office thinking, oh, yeah, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't fake it. Um, so I watched a film on Netflix that just popped up today, I think, called Tower. And I'm going to suggest it as a film ring film. So um, here's your homework, guys. I've, I've been in touch with the people on Twitter and I'm hoping the director will come on one day next week. Here's your homework. Netflix Tower. Now, I should warn you, it, it's another grim one. It's a documentary about a mass shooting. Sounds like fun, huh? In Texas in 1966, uh, a sniper atop a clock tower in um, a university. Um, so it's a grim story. And, uh, uh, you know, lots of people die. Um, so if that's not your cup of tea then don't watch it but 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 i watched it i was i thought it was brilliant absolutely a brilliant an incredible film so uh, that's the filming and we'll aim to do that maybe wednesday thursday next week let's see how that goes um and then came in and did the show and i'm sat here and everything's now i'm gonna say this because some of you will identify with this the show has been on now for 17 minutes 
Take off three minutes for the news, so 14. Take off three minutes for that song, so 11 minutes. And it feels like it's been... It feels like I've been sat here for hours. It Time is dragging. I'm sure it's dragging for you as well. But t- the 11 minutes, it feels like I've been talking for about a day. And I'm really... I'm g- and I'm going to share this because I don't I don't get hear this shared very often. So maybe this will resonate with someone. I feel really hyper aware of myself. I feel aware of my feet on the floor, my elbow on the desk, my hands, my eyes. I feel the the back of my head prickling with sweat because it's flipping hot in here. Uh, I feel acutely aware that I'm talking a load of old rubbish as the start of the show. I'm acutely aware I have no direction for the show to go in whatsoever, and I've got two hours and 42 minutes or just under to fill. I am acutely aware that um, I might not make it through to the end of the show because my head is screaming at me, just go home f this just go home no one's interested in this bollocks no one wants to listen to you talking to randoms just go go home they can put a best of on or something so that may happen at some point we'll see how far we get shall we but i know that you some of you some arseholes listening but i know that that, 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 that if i do have to um bail out um You'll be, so you'll be cool with that, and you will, um, you know, you'll be cool with that, and and that'll be, um, and that will be our little, to be our little secret. Okay, don't tell the boss if I have to bail out. So, with that in mind, I see we have Steve Ward on the line. We'll go to him in a second. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Yes, Steve Ward. Evening. Evening, Steve. Yeah. I just wanted to wish everyone a happy start Talk Radio. Hello? Yes, well, there, there was, what, did you expect a response to that statement? No, and uh, thank you for doing a good show this week and every week. I'm waiting for something that I, that, okay, these are statements and I appreciate them, but there is no response to them. Okay, so that are. Same with that one? Yeah. And this isn't me being this isn't me being cantankerous and miserable. This is me genuinely. I'm waiting for something that I could. They're, 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 you're you're making statements. All right. So I didn't know what to say. I just thought I'd ring up anyway. Okie doke. And thank you. Bye bye. Okay, that wasn't me being being an arse. They were just that's that's cheered me up. They were just statements. What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> what, was, what was that? Um, Dredge, that wasn't me being an ass, was it? No. There was no, just there were just statements. Uh, there was no... Uh, ah. Anyway, <laughs> how are you doing? You, you having a tough day here? Yeah, I'm not particularly enjoying myself either, to be honest with you. <laughs> Shall we knock this on the head and um, um, go and um, get drunk or something? Uh, well, no, no, no. no. Let's, let's 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 look on the let's just 
try and let's try and think of something positive. Look on the br- all right. Let's uh, okay. All right, John. So here's some here's something positive. Yes. Right. right h- how is the Eddie Large thing coming along? Oh, yeah. There we go. Yes, the Eddie Large thing is coming along a treat. I believe we've sold about ninety tickets online out of two hundred and fifty, and I went to Portishead. Two weeks ago, to drop off some tickets in Jean May's salon, in the car place, and in um, another place, like a hardware, not hardware, stationery shop. And um, I need to phone up to see how many tickets they've sold. Um, but it's all good. Uh, ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian Dash Lee, Eddie Large, uh, Ian Lee and John Dredge on Sunday, June the 25th. <laughs> you're going to be um, in the second half. I don't know if I've told you this. You're the well, idiot well, running around with a microphone taking questions from pensioners. <laughs> Are you up for that? Okay. Yeah, I'm up for that. Good. I'm up for that. Yeah, good. I, yeah, I'm in training already. Okay, you've been um, <laughs> you've, you've you've been spotting old people with their hands up and trying to get to them as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I've been using a, a stick as oh. a sort, sort of microphone. What's the word? Oh. Um, I, I saw you know, um, I saw someone with uh, mi- mi- microphone substitute. Thank you, microphone thank substitute. Thank you. Thank you. I saw someone the other day on something using. Terry Wogan's microphone from Blankety Blank. Now, what was it I was uh, watching? It was an American was thing. Well, he that, that microphone was also used by Russell Brand on one of his Big Mouth, Big Brother programs. Okay, okay. Wasn't that I was watching? Um, yeah. um, what was it? Well, I don't know. I don't know, Reg. It, it was something I was watching, and um, that was that. That was the highlight of Blankety Blank for me when uh, Kenny Everett used to bend his microphone. I don't know if you remember that. I do he remember grabbed, that. I do remember he used that. To I, grab, he grabbed Wogan's mic and used to bend it every single week. Um, here's a thing for you, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to give away anything. Some of you will have sniffed out what I'm up to on Twitter, but 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 on the May the first Bank Holiday show, um, it's going to be quite a special show. It'll be pre-recorded, but it's going to be quite a good show. And um, I spoke to someone who used to work with Kenny Everett, and I didn't know that this person worked with Kenny Everett, and he got invited to. Um, Kenny Everett's barn and watched him creating all the jingles. Oh my god! Yeah, I know, I know, and, and, and that's not what I got this person on to talk about. But we suddenly went off in a completely different direction. It was delightful. Was that something to do with when he was on local radio, or was it on national when he was on radio too? Um, you'll have to wait, Dredge. Um, so you're going to have something on about that on your uh, show on um, May the first, yeah, 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 bank holiday, yeah, yeah, May the f- oh, not the, not bank ho- not bank holiday on Monday. Oh, sorry, no, no bank holiday on May the first. I think there's a bank May holiday on May the first. That's what I'm that's what I'm planning anyway. We've got a very special okay. show lined up for all you radio geeks out there. That sounds very good indeed. Yes, and also, what was this Marvel film you were going on about just then? Um, in 1994, Roger Corman, the schlock movie producer, uh, acquired the rights to the Fantastic Four, and he made a low-budget version of the Fantastic Four, um, that never got released. There is now a documentary out called Doomed, which is about that, and it's flipping brilliant. And it's really interesting, right? There's an actor in it called Alex Hyde White, right? And I'm watching Wilfred him. Wilfred Hyde-White's son or something? Yes! That's exactly... Wilfred Hyde-White's son! And I'm watching it going, this guy is familiar. Why do I know that name and why do I know his face? And then it came up, he was Wilfred Hyde-White's son! But 
But why didn't they release it? Because, uh, well, it, uh, A, because it was rubbish, but B, <laughs> because apparently they were never going to release it. It was all just so that um, uh, uh, Universal could hang on to their option for making the movie. So they made a low-budget movie, knowing that they were never going to release it, but it meant they kept the rights for another two years or something, so they could then make a high-budget version. It's Did very Roger complicated. Does Roger Corman live in New York? I don't know where he lives, and I know I tweeted him and he didn't reply to it, but I tell you, he did reply to a tweet today, one of the kids in the hall. Canadian um, sketch comedy type people. Canadian sketch comedy type people who I absolutely love and adore, yes. I don't know much about them, actually. Are they good? Yeah, you should watch them. They're funny. They don't have any punchlines. That sounds like my sort of thing. Yeah, they just kind of, um, their sketches are too long and um, they ramble and it's wonderful because of it. I'd just like to uh, thank everybody for voting me on to the podcast yesterday, by the way. Uh, thank you to one, and indeed, all. John, uh, John, I have to cut you off now. There we go. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Um, you know the score. It's uh, You phone in and you can talk about absolutely anything you want. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, I got sent something today. I got sent something. Where is it? See if you, uh, see if you reckon. So this is, uh, Pablo sent me this. It's a little video. You won't be able to enjoy the, uh, the pictorial delights. But have a listen to this. This is, uh, filmed on the streets of Newcastle. Have a listen. And enjoying sin. If you are my friend, you need to repent and come to God for mercy. We are all sinners. Every single one of us have got sinful hearts and sinful minds. We are bound for hell unless we repent, change our mind about sin, come from sin and believe in Jesus. If we refuse to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, the Bible warns us the judgment of God will fall upon us. Jesus Christ! It's outside TK Maxx in Newcastle. Ken! It's Holy Ken! And, um, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Where does he get such good amplification equipment from? I mean, it... It doesn't. It does annoy me, because um, he's he's um, he's he's staring it and scaring people. If you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. But he's saying it really loudly. I find that quite an imposition. He comes on the radio show, and that's absolutely fine, you know. And we decide how long he comes on for, and if he comes on, and all of this stuff. But any religious preacher, let's move it away from Ken. Any religious preacher in the street that um, is basically scaring people via um, a public address system. I just think that's out of order. If my kids heard that. What if your kids heard that? Someone's scaring you. And this whole thing of, um, religion through fear. Where's the love, man? Where's the love? I thought, I thought religion was all, um, supposed to be about the love. And, and, and you often need, there was a fella, I think he, um, what, did he get? Did he die? There was used to be a Scouse fella at Oxford Circus, 
with, um, he had a megaphone. Um, and uh, you see him a lot, Oxford Circus, and I think he died. There, of course, was the guy in Oxford Street, sorry to be London-centric, but this guy's famous, Who and I saw him loads and loads and loads, uh, who used to walk, and uh, this was in the late 80s, early 90s, and he was old then, but this old guy, and he used to walk up and down Oxford Street with a big stick and a sign, and it was all about protein and God, and eating, if you Google him, there's, there's loads of pictures, like websites about him, eating... Now, either eating nuts and fish was good for you and brought you closer to God, or it made you lustful and took you further away from God. And he used to sell um, um, little pamphlets for two and a half P. And my friend, uh, my, my friend Stanley um, Kukowski bought one. And um, he, he was uh, kind of famous um, eccentric. Um, and you do wonder these people what the, what what they're going home to, you know. When you, you hear someone like Ken there and the fella with the sign about the fish and the nuts and um, the scouse bloke with the um, with the megaphone. And you see, when I used to go, when I used to work in Birmingham, you'd um, you'd often see um, three Muslims with a table set up, and they had they had a terrible um pa system it was awful you, the thick accent mixed with awful pa the message of of um allah was completely lost uh, so they had they had um like the asian birmingham accents like very strong accents through a really bad public address system it, they had no hope of getting heard and just anybody like that, that, um, that, that I, I think we should ban, this is what we should do. We should ban people preaching on the streets. That's what we should do. Because I don't want to walk my kids to walk past, you know, either Christian or Muslim um, people preaching their own particular brand of hatred. I don't want that. And it often is the street preachers, for whatever religion, often are, doing the fear-mongering and the hatred and the finger-pointing, which um, I don't believe either of those religions are. I think, you know, at the essence of those religions are peace and love, man. But the people that go and stand on the street with a microphone shouting are normally, normally um, spreading hatred and fear. And um, I don't want that when I go to TK Maxx. He was outside TK Maxx. When I go to TK Maxx to buy discounted um, clothing, I don't want that. It's not what I'm after. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you um, want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to. Bear in mind, we might bail out today. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see how kind of you know how it goes. I don't know. Here's a good story. Well, it's a bad story, but it's an interesting story. This is in the Telegraph online. Telegraph online. Grandma told by police to return footballs kicked into her garden or she could be charged with theft. And there's a picture of Penny Freeman, 73, doing a glum face and holding a ball. A grandmother exasperated by footballs being kicked into her garden was visited by police who told her that if she failed to return them, she could be charged with theft.
Penny Freeman, 73, was visited by officers after keeping a handful of footballs that her next-door neighbour's children had accidentally kicked over the wall. The grandmother, who lives with her brother, James Fudge, said she had started keeping the balls in her shed after the children failed to come and collect them because she wanted them to learn consequences. She said, last year we thought we would keep the balls for a week and see if they would come and ask for them back. They never did. We had ten balls in our shed. We only kept them for a week. We had no intention of destroying them. This year we thought we would do the same thing, but the police came round. Um, she said several of the balls had damaged plant pots and added that she was concerned police time had been wasted. Well, her neighbour, who did not want to be named, admitted the balls had been kicked over the wall, but said her children, aged 11 and 6, were too scared to go and retrieve them. She said it's been going on since they moved in. We just want them to chuck the balls back over. That's what you're doing. You go in the back. I, I've kind of got sympathy for the old woman. But you see, you see, I, I see a ball in the back garden... Pick it up and lob it back, don't you? And if they come, I can't remember the last time. Um, well, when we lived in London a couple of times, the kids would come round. Um, I don't know if we've got kids living on either side of us now. I don't think we do. But you see a ball in the garden, you know which side it's come from. You lob it back, don't you? Uh, my children don't want to go once the ball has gone over. She claims we have smashed plants on a couple of occasions. I don't send them round anymore. She's a bit rude. I'm scared of her and I'm not sending my children. Well, if, she, if you damage something, then, you know, of course you have to pay for it. Now, Catherine, you have looked up this woman online and you would go on the microphone because you were saying that uh, the, um, there's, she has quite a big dossier about her online. Well, there was, there was another story that happened about three years before this latest one. Oh. And it, again, it was her and her brother. They lived together. James Fudge. Um, yeah, in the same road. Yeah. And... They were saying that they couldn't leave their house because of evil birds. What? What do you mean, evil birds? Like in the H- Hitchcock film. Well, there were birds everywhere. Birds were after them. Oy. Can we try and get them on the show next week? I've been trying. I've been trying to trace them. Yes. I could keep trying, but... Keep, keep trying. I found a business that they operate from their home, but sadly, no website, no phone number. Wowzers, that must be successful. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll have them on the show next week. There's there's a cast-iron guarantee, if ever there was one. Um, 0344 499 1000. Rob, Pablo, stay there. Come to you after this. Late-night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I do wonder about you lot sometimes. I come on and I share. It's a nice, intimate, um, personal stuff. You won't hear anybody else on the radio anywhere um, sharing the, the I- intimate, personal, private stuff I do. Um, and then some of you come crawling out of the woodwork. Here's an email. But this is your job. Because I'm talking about maybe I might have to go home because I don't know if I feel up to doing a job. Rob and Pablo, I'll come to a bit. But this is your job. We all occasionally go to work feeling like this. At least I do. Then the vaccine occasionally makes you feel acutely aware of yourself. It's a wired feeling. Maybe try a different antidepressant. Um, okay, doctor. <laughs> Maybe it's not because of the antidepressant. Maybe it's because I feel like shit. I don't know. Maybe it's that. <laughs> Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Or, or or do you want me to come on and fake it? Do you want me to come on and fake it? Also, 
feeling this way can be caused by not taking meds regularly or missing them. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. You are so rude to some of your callers. I'm not surprised you have few listeners. Oh! <laughs> oh, this is supposed to make me feel better, is it? <laughs> got more listeners than uh, you've got. That poor guy was trying to be nice to you and you made him feel awkward. No, not at all. That The guy at the start, he, he was just saying stuff. There was nothing for me to reply to. There were, just want to wish everyone at Talk Radio a happy Easter. What, what is, what is the response to that? that what, what is the response? Then he said to other statements, there's no response to it. So Kate, don't, <laughs> you're still listening. I'm, please don't try and make, um, you know, diagnoses by listening to a 15 minute opening monologue from a depressed man. Don't make diagnoses about me. But this is your job. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I feel sick. And I could legitimately have called in sick. But I've rocked up. Because I thought I'd give it a go. And do you know what, Kate? I'm wishing I hadn't. Kate, switch off your radio. You're not permitted to listen to the show this evening. Switch it off, because the show is not for you, Kate. Um, it's not for you. And everybody emailing and tweeting. It's a phoning show, guys. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Yes, Rob! Hello. Hello, Rob. How you doing, Chief? Terribly. That's bad news. That's yes. bad news. Yes. I'm, sorry, I'm a bit flustered. I've just come off my sertraline this week. Hey, how you, uh, um, are you doing that? Are you doing that because you received an email from someone telling you to <laughs> that maybe your yeah. meds aren't right, or <laughs> someone on Facebook told me to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Are you doing it supervised with the doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been half dosed for uh, several weeks. And uh, this this week, I've just gone gone down and not taken any. And how I, how long getting... you been on it for? Mm, Ten months, eleven months. Okay. I spoke to the doctor about it, and we yeah. chatted, and we both feel it's a you know it's a good time to try with the summer yeah. coming and better weather and yeah yeah. And stuff. That anyway, can be a mo- that can be a mood lifter. How are you feeling in yourself? You're right. I'm, I'm all right. I'm going through the reverse. Um, of going on it, I've had a buzzy head yep. the last couple of days, and I'm a little bit discombobulated. Yes. Uh, sorry, excuse me, a dog just wants to go out in the garden. Um, okay. And <laughs> real, real life, real London. <laughs> yeah, there you go, loving it. Um, yeah, so I, I, oddly enough, I got really starstruck when Kath answered the phone. Oh, <laughs> Catherine Boyle. Well, I'll give you her private details, and you can um, send her intimate photos of yourself. I'd rather not. <laughs> um, but no, was, I meant to... I'm, Kind of say to her or Ed or whoever, oh hello Ed, or did it and be all like that. And oh, I well, bang on, you just did a Bruce Forsyth impression. <laughs> hang on, that wasn't Bruce Forsyth. I did something else. No. Then. Anyway, go on. Yeah, not a very good one. No, um, but yeah. So that was weird. That wasn't what I phoned about either. No. Well, you know, well, it's, fu- it's funny, isn't it? You know how people um, get with some get people. Thrown. Yes, you get thrown. Mm. It's. it's I, I was, uh, you know, I phoned you the other week on Friday when it was straight through to air and it was oh. cool and I was, oh yeah, no problem. Oh yeah, I'm, I've done this. I've oh, done all this. No, but now, now you're playing with the big boys, Robert. Now, yeah, I know, I know. So now, it's getting place, serious. It? now it's getting serious. Anyway. So my issue, you were talking about banning um, preachers and people on the street. Yes, I, I, my problem is donuts. Huh? I, was huh? not, I was not expecting the conversation to take. Um, that turn of events. A donut? Yes. Should have raspberry jam. Yes, yeah, 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 of course. 
Or a ring donut. Or a ring donut. Or a ring. But I never liked the ring donut. I never saw the point of them. Too dry. A little bit of icing maybe might be all right, but no, not for me. Mm. Want a damn donut and I want raspberry jam. Yes. Custard. I know I can see it on the label. I'm going to avoid that. Keep walking. Nothing to do with me. I'm not having that. Okay. In in a donut? In a donut. Not having custard in a donut. Okay. Don't need to try it to know it's not right. Apple in a donut? Nope. 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 This week I bought a jam donut. Well, well done. Very retro. Strawberry. Hey. Yeah. Ooh. Not happy. Uh, and I don't know if it's my meds, but I got, I got really, really got a right angry cobble. about it. Um, well, I, I take it then you've never tried the um, uh, myriad uh, array of Krispy Kreme donuts then, because no. they will put anything inside their donuts. Or on it. You can get um, lemon meringue pie donut. And they chuck all the uh, hundreds and thousands over the yeah, top. Yeah, you, you can get... Um, Chocolate custard donut. You can get toffee donut. Everything in a donut. Trying too hard. Well, I mean, they are delicious, but they are they are mm. they are wrong. They they are definitely wrong. It, it's it's morally not right. Yeah. And what I'm angry about, yes, is you don't call a jam donut with strawberry in it. No. You say it's a strawberry jam donut. Oh, yeah. It's wrong, isn't it? Well, you should... description. I, 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 um... I really fancy a donut now. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No. I know you're trying... Like so, me, you're trying to keep the... Get the weight I'm trying to there. lose weight, but honestly, the last 24 hours, I just went, sod it, and yeah. I'm stuffing my face, because I'd rather be <laughs> nice stuffing my face than doing other stuff that is worse for me, Yeah, so, definitely, man. Definitely, man. Pick up, pick up a packet of biscuits instead of picking up a beer. That way, if that's the choice, then I'll go for the biscuits anytime. Much better. Um, but yeah, no, they do, they do mess around... Uh, they do mess around with donuts. Interesting. Interestingly enough, I went into um, a shop today, uh, Safeway, which um, years and years ago used to be Asda's, and um, I used to work in there, and I haven't been in there for years and years and years, and I thought, oh, I need to get some Easter eggs, I'll pop in there, and I used to work in the bakery department, and so I went and had a little look at the bakery department, and it's still exactly the same although i did vaguely remember there being a counter but i might be wrong um and i kind of had a, you know, it, it was it's behind the shelving and you could see through it and that of course is where i once bled into some buns where nice. i dropped the bun mixture on the floor and it got grit and i just kept making buns until there was i couldn't see the grit and where also i used to when i was if i knew my mum was coming in for donuts i used to put the jam into the donuts so i would um i'd go double sometimes triple <laughs> bubble with the jam if i knew my mum was coming and, and mum would go go mum you want these donuts or sometimes i put double the garlic in the garlic bread as well oh yeah yeah i used to do Ooh. that the problem with double the jam yep. is going to go all over you, isn't it? It is, mate. It, it is. It, it's, it's it covered, sounds it? good, but it, it squirts out absolutely everywhere. I, I used to work at Fine Fair. Oh! Which became Safeway. Yeah, yeah, I remember Fine Fair. Used to be one Safeway on the way home from, uh, from the Farnham Road, and we used to stop in there. My mum would buy me a 7-Up. Yeah. I, don't well, I, was, I was on the checkouts for a while, and I did do the bakery for about two weeks. Yeah. But uh, not not now. Oh, I hated it. Well, with a really nice man called... Trevor, what was Trevor's last name? Really nice guy called Trevor. Um, can't think of what his last name was. And of course, you know, 
they wanted me to um like stay there and trevor wanted to train me up to be a proper baker and the management wanted me to stay there and um you know train to be an assistant manager and they they said within within five or six years ian we think you could actually be um an assistant manager of a store and i was like yeah i'm gonna go off to university and study drama and they went (laughs) okay um but no seriously we think you could be an assistant manager within five years and i went okay thanks I'm okay. No disrespect to assistant managers of Safeways and Asda's, but I, you know, it was not what I had my um, sights set on. No, well, you, you got to follow your heart, haven't you? Yeah, and um, uh, my acting career went nowhere, but it ended up with me talking to you, Rob. We wouldn't be having this conversation unless you were complaining about something in my store. <laughs> your donuts. Yeah, my donuts. My donuts are too jammy. It's squirting everywhere. And they've got strawberry in them. Exactly. That's not I'm what not we having want. It. Uh, Rob, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Be cool. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Um, good evening, Ken. Good evening, Ian. Ian, uh, don't go in the back foot here. I'm trying just a wee discussion with you. Uh, I've, I've read a wee bit about uh, depression and... Uh, Look, Ken, if you're going to tell me my depression is because of the lack of Christ in my heart, you can get stuff, mate. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, no, I take it you've not been that. listening to the show this evening? Not most of it, no, I just... No. You just, you just use it as your own personal mouthpiece, because we played a recording of you um, scaring children outside TK Maxx in Newcastle. Oh, what did I say? You were just you were just um, saying to anyone that was passing via a very loud public address system that if they didn't repent, they'd go to hell. That's what the Bible teaches. Uh, what, it, fear. Fear. Well, I'd be furious if, if my kids heard you trying to scare them like that. How? What gives you the right to scare children? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, ridiculous. Utter, utter balls, Ken. What gives you the right to stand outside TK Maxx with a public address system and scare children? I never scared children. You do. You do, Ken. I heard the message. You said if they don't repent, they'll go to hell. You're terrifying children. I never pointed that to children. You're pointing it using a public address system so that everyone can hear. Mummy, what is that man, what is that man saying about me going to hell? Well, that's what the Bible. That's why Jesus. I don't have. I don't have much time for people that think it's acceptable to to don't use listen. fear to use don't. fear to to promote religion. I don't really have much time for that. I'm afraid, Ken. Don't you end up in hell? I couldn't, I, Ken. Honestly, mate, I I, I, I find it deplorable. And God this isn't you, this isn't anti-Christian. This isn't anti-Muslim. I find it deplorable. Anyone that uses a public address system in a public street, whatever their faith, and if you've been listening to the show, you would have heard the sh- spiel I did earlier on, but you well, use the radio for your own personal mouthpiece, that uses, that scares, that scares, that scares, that thinks it's acceptable well, to scare you children. Fear of, you, you need a bit of fear in your heart. The way Ken, you're going no, here, but Ken, God loves Ken, you, man. Don't Ken, go to hell. Ken, Jesus died for you. No, he didn't, Ken. He didn't. He it's a, it's a wonderful it. fairy story. Ken, but I really, I, 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 I lost a little bit of respect for you today when I realised that you thought it was acceptable to scare children in the street. I thought that was really sad and very unchristian, very unchristian of you. I am giving a word that the Bible commands us to preach the truth. Very unchristian of you, Ken. I thought that was, t- I thought that was terrible behaviour. He didn't. Why do you think I thought that was terrible behaviour to try and scare children in, in, in the street. I thought that was really sad. Well, you, you're, you're just twisting it around. You don't even want to hear the good.
good news. I don't want to hear it from you, Ken, because I think you're a frightful. I think you're. I think you're. The, the, if you think it's acceptable to scare people, that's we really unchristian, Ken. That's really unchristian. God commands us. Why don't you preach about the love instead of about the I eternal damnation? You love, but you just mock the love of God. You're no, God I don't, Ken. Ken, you hear what you want to hear. You don't you like me. You think uh, you think I'm an antichrist. You think I'm yes. a sinner. All of this stuff, and you hear what you want to hear, Ken. I, I, I just lost a, quite a bit of respect for you today, knowing that you thought it was acceptable to scare children. I'm not looking for your respect. I'm trying to be honest. I know you're not, Ken, and I, I and uh, you, I know you're not, Ken. You have an arrogance and a, a an attitude Jesus that I find deplorable. No, he Jesus didn't, Ken. No, he didn't, Ken. It's a lovely, it's a lovely fairy story. It's a wonderful story, but that's it, Ken. And I, I just think your attitude is thoroughly unpleasant. Jesus died for you and rose from the dead. Why do you mock him? I'm not mocking Ken again. You're he, you're hearing what you want to hear. I'm not mocking anyone, Ken. If, if I'm mocking anyone, it's you. For being a, a well, horrible man mock, that thinks it's acceptable to scare children, you think it's acceptable to scare children. I have told you, Jesus loves you and died for you. But don't well, Ken, let now. Ken let Jesus love me, and 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 you go away. Thanks for calling, oh, Ken. Stop, bye bye. Stop mocking him. Stop. Mocking I'm not mocking him. him. But Ken, that's it. No one else is hearing me mock him apart from you because you're you're deaf. Hi, Thanks hi. for calling. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Pablo, stay there. We will come to you in a little bit. Um, no time for hate preachers uh, on, on this show. And it's not anti-Christian. It's not anti-Muslim. It's not anti-anything. It's just anti-hate, man. Where's the love? Um, yeah, late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
are so small. Hit by the A train, crashed in an airplane. Better chance you're gonna buy it at the mall. But it's a 23 photo one that you can fall in love by the end of this song. So get up, get up. No, it's never gonna let them see. You might as well sing along. The odds are that we will probably be alright. Odds are we're gonna be alright. Odds are we're gonna be alright tonight. The odds are that we will probably be alright. Odds are we're gonna be alright. Odds are we're gonna be alright, alright. The odds are that we will probably be alright. There's a new Bare Naked Ladies album. Aye, aye, aye. Some of that. 0344 499 1000. Good evening, Pablo. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, Yes, F4, it was I that sent the aforementioned video. Oh, that was... Oh, is that what you... Hang on a minute. I didn't... I did... Do you know what? I didn't... Even though it's got your name on it, I didn't connect... Is that what you look like? Um, on my better or worse days, depending on your reaction. Well, you've got no hair, so you're you're balder than I expected. But I believe be- it's to do with testosterone. But beardier than I expected. So you look nothing like I expected. Yeah, I like to compensate. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, thank yes. Um, yeah, yeah. W- when did you realise it was Ken that you were uh, filming? Well, I, I heard his voice from a distance, from and then I distance. saw him from a distance, yes. and I realised it wasn't George Galloway. So. Yeah. He's got a passing sound resemblance. Well, thank that you for sending me that. I was really disappointed when I heard that. But, but Ken's not here, so I don't, I don't want to turn this into... A, he won't be listening. No, listen. no, he well, that's it. I was a mouthpiece for, for, for his, his bile. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. But equally, I was... Um, just what, what you were talking about earlier in regards to hypersensitivity. Uh, I, I sometimes feel that that's quite a uh, uh, peculiar... Uh, sensation because of the heaviness of your feet and uh, oh, contact yeah. of things and, and oh, i'm incredible i'm acutely aware of everything i'm doing that breath i took that funny sucking of my teeth i just did the fact that i'm pointing to my face uh, the fact that now i'm a little bit embarrassed i don't know where to look all of that stuff i'm acutely aware of um and it sucks but look we're, we are 67 minutes down guys if we can um uh, we've just got one more push, and then it's the freaking weekend, huh? How's about them apples? Let's so head down and keep on running. Keep on running. What you got planned this weekend, Pablo? Um, not much. Got a couple of days off. Um, might be doing an Easter egg hunt, oh. uh, a couple of them. Probably several of them, actually, just yes. to compensate for all the grandparents. But, uh, yeah, no, it should be fun. I've got Thanks four Easter eggs in the back of my car. And I'm wondering if they're going to make it home. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to make it home. They will make it home. Cause I can't. I've had 24 hours of, of stuff in my face full of rubbish, and then I, then that has that has to stop. That has to stop now because otherwise, well, I, it's, it's slow. You could possibly use it as uh, like a concentration aid to just extract the inner 
goods of the Easter egg and then seal them back up. Why the hell? Well, they don't even put the things inside the Easter eggs anymore. The sweets, they're, they're generally in a separate compartment. I, the, the greatest disappointment of any child is when you get a Smarties Easter egg or a Rolo's Easter egg, you assume that you crack open the egg and uh, smart it'll be full up to the brim with Smarties and you just pour them out. But of course they're not. You just get a tiny, piddly little plastic bag with about 15 Smarties in. Where, where, how is that fair? For God's sakes, Nestle and Mars and all of these wonderful, wonderful companies that bring us so much pleasure, make an Easter egg that when you, uh, you know, when you open a Cadbury's cream egg Easter egg, it's a giant cream egg. Do that. Do that. Don't just put a couple of cream eggs in the middle. I think even with our governments uh, or other governments are, are available, um, it concerns regards to sugar and taxation, that that would probably kill somebody. <laughs> probably <laughs> kill. You know, you get all these different kinds of cream eggs now that have different, like, yeah, I think you get one that's got, like, Oreo filling. Oh, oh the, the, I was just realising that the, the, they are doing a extra-large Kinder egg this year. Oh, are they? Yeah, so it's a, it, it's a big what do you, egg. What do you get in the middle, like something. a drone? or Do you get a giant yellow little plastic thing with a drone in it or something? I don't know. I've, I've seen them from a distance and I've um, read confirmation of their existence. Well, you so, say um, you've seen them from a distance. Maybe they were closer than you thought and just normal size. No, no, no. I, I, I do have some um, distance issues, but um, I'm working on them, so pretty sure. Okay. Well. They were around other big things. So they were contextualised. Okay, okay, that's that's um, yeah, okay. Well, that's that's fine. I don't know what the plan is for this weekend. I know that the boys are away at the moment, and they come back tomorrow. They're with their grandparents, so I will have them tomorrow afternoon. And I think we might watch the movie Nine Lives, which is on Netflix, which is Kevin Spacey. I think Kevin Spacey plays like a cat or something in it. And it got 5.6 on IMDb, which is good for a kid's film that's on Netflix. So we might watch that. And um, then play a bit of uh, Nintendo Switch. And um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's really hard. And I love my boys more than anything. But when I'm feeling like this, Pab, it's enough hard to, um, to, to be around them and, and be full of the joys of life around them. Do you know what I mean? And I do worry. Oh, no. About them yeah. seeing me, mis- you know, they're not miserable. I mean, d- depressed when the boys seeing me like that when I'm in sole charge of them, you know. And I do, I do worry about the effect that will have on well, them. You know. Well, my daughter is very constantly on the go all the time. She's a little dynamo. If you could plug her into the mains, you'd be able to power an entire city. Um, so it's it's very hard just to get her sit through a film. But generally, within 15 minutes, she's lost interest and she wants to do something else. So it's, it's good. Yeah. And it's it's good to fulfil uh, what she wants to do because she's very creative in what she wants to do. Yeah. She's very constructive that you have to do this and and you have to do that. And uh, But it gets to a certain point where you, you, your body just can't go on. I came I home was... yesterday. Uh, the, the, other, the other night, I, I came home and I saw in the living room um these two books had these two handmade books right and they were little books pages cut out and they were held together by um a bit of string and on both on the cover of both of them it said pokemon and inside the books they had uh, they'd made one each um they 
drawn Pokemon and written their names under it, and they copied them, right? And I was looking at these, and I thought, flipping it, I, I honestly thought, like, um, older boys had made them, because they were so good. And I said to my wife, did the boys make these Pokemon books? She went, yeah, why? I said, they're incredible. And then I got sent a picture of them, like, really concentrating, looking at Pokemon, and then copying them, and then writing their names underneath. They were brilliant. Well, my daughter's just, just about to turn four, so she, she's, most of her stuff's generally of a poor quality. Um, but uh, she's starting, she, she did one recently where she kept, you know, she was colour coordinated and she was almost within the lines, so you know, we'll, we'll get her sorted sooner. Um, oh, hang on a minute, someone's just sent me a 27 quid Easter egg. Sweet Lord, look at the state of this. Jeez, this looks incredible. Where is this from? All right. Uh, extra thick Easter egg. Rocky Road to Caramel. Half caramel chocolate Easter egg. Half 40% milk chocolate with cookies and puff rice. Filled with loads of... Cho- Flipping it. Look at the state of that. <gasps> that is... I mean, that is a very... The, the, who sent me that? Alex, that is a very, very dirty thing you've sent me, Alex. I shall not be looking at... Um, should not be looking at any of that. That's outrageous behaviour for an Easter egg, Pablo. Outrageous! Well, it, it means that you're, you know, out-balanced with your, your, your four, you know, got five Easter eggs, so you're going to have to mm. dispatch one of them, otherwise it's, it, there's going to be an unlevel quantity of Easter eggs in the house. Pablo, thank you very much for your call. Always appreciate it. 0344 499 is the telephone number. I hadn't made the connection that the Pablo that sent me the thing was that Pablo and that, that he looked like that, and it just was... It, all, it confused me. I do miss the days of... Um, of radio when I didn't know what you look you lot looked like. Now I know what a lot of you look like because you, um, well, because we meet at events and that's always cool. But because y- you tweet me or um, you post on my Facebook page, and um, so I kind of see what you look like. And in my most bored moments, I click on your profile and I look at your picture. I read a bit about you, and so and I, I kind of miss the mystery. Of, um, you know, the, the, the radio host has come down a few pegs and the listener has gone up a few pegs. And I kind of miss the mystery. By the way, um, if, if those of you who enjoy the mystery of radio, uh, May the 1st, Bank Holiday, May the 1st, May Day special. It's going to be a proper radio geeky doozy. Trust me, it's going to be a keeper. Make sure you've got um, a couple of uh, blank C90s ready. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yes, Alex. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me try again with the fader up. Yes, Hello. Alex. Hello, Ian. How are you? Are you the Alex that just sent me that um, Easter egg? That sent me the picture yeah, of the Easter I, egg. I know. I'm sorry. I know I what you really look like. I know that. what you look like now. <sighs> of course you do. Of course you do. Now, um, the thing is, uh, they do also have because I went in the shop. Yeah. They do also have a thing called an ostrich egg, e? which is seventy-five pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. It's similar to that, but it's bigger. Flipping egg. <laughs> what, what, it's, it's full of, it's like, these, for those who haven't seen the link, I, I'm going to retweet it. Hang on, let me retweet it. There we go. Okay. It's there. Go and have a look at it. It's proper thick. It, it looks like it's about half an inch thick, the chocolate that makes up the egg. Yeah, it's substantial. Jeez, I mean, that is, um, 
Yeah, that could kill a man. Yeah, well... <laughs> hey, attention now. Funny you mention... Hang on a second. There was a story in one of the papers. Right, OK. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I'm glad you brought this up. Link's going <laughs> hang on. I'm was... glad I brought up killing a man with an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a, there's a story that they often do in the, the papers about um, record breakers. But Brit- as Britain's Got Talent returns, and I'm, I, I, I'm loath to do stories that have been put in the papers just to sell a crappy TV show, but as, Britain got ta- as Britain's Got Talent returns to push new brat boundaries, we look at the amazing feats of past acts. So it's about record breakers... On Britain's Got Talent, right? Now listen to this. The most after eight mints eaten in a minute. Have a guess what the the record is for the most after eight mints eaten in a minute. Now I'm trying to think logistically how I would do it. It'd have to be in a wedge, surely. Multiple times. Um, Are we talking packs? Just give us, give us a number. Give us a number that you think it is. Put on the friggin' spot. Hey, I know! (laughs) Um, a hundred. Let's round it off. A hundred in a minute. What? (laughs) The world record is apparently eight. Eight? Uh, James 33, James Boyd, 33, of Dunfermline Fife, failed to, um, break the world, trying to eat the most after eights in a minute. He did five, but Ant, of Ant and Deck... Match the record of eight. Uh, eight after eight minutes in eight after eight minutes in a minute. You're joking. Here we go. There's another one. Right. This this fella, this James Boyd. Um Well, hang on it. Oh, it doesn't say what the record is. James Boyd failed to break the record for eating Ferrero Rocher, finishing just four in a minute, and McPartlin later managed five. I could eat like about twenty of those in a I'm, minute. I'm pretty sure I mean I wonder what the record is for Jaffa cakes. Because whenever I bought a box of Jaffa cakes, that box is gone before I know about it. Yeah, I know. I could do. I can do a tube of Pringles in um, in a minute, probably, and that's mm. dry. And they're dry. That's without yeah. the cheese and chive dip or, or sour cream, anything. Like, I can just once you once you pop, uh, Alex. I don't know if you noticed yeah. this. You just cannot stop. Well, I'm aware. I've heard. Mm. I, I bet it doesn't touch the sides of you, does it? It goes and down the throat. It goes straight, straight down. down. And also, what what is the point in those tiny Pringles tubes? What's the, oh, what's the point they of that? Me up. They're always they really a ridiculous waste of everybody's time. I think I had one of them once, and that felt like a giant. But no, <laughs> I didn't. No, didn't like that. That was terrible. There's none of that. Anyway, go on. What, what, what did you call in for, Alex? Just to, just to show off well, that you know posh chocolate. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I know posh chocolate. I don't, you know, they don't know me. Um, no, it, mainly you were talking about the documentary earlier, Doomed. Oh, yes, the uh, the, the, the yeah. uh, story of the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie that never got, got released. It's a brilliant yeah. documentary. I'm going to have to fish that out because I, I'm really fascinated by that film. I've, I've I've never, I was unaware of it. I was complete. Have you seen the actual Fantastic yeah, Four film? Got- yeah, if you search for it on YouTube, you can find it. Yeah, yeah I thought it would there. be. I thought it would be. They they, they they all talk, all of the actors talk wonderfully about, you know, kind of being out several years later, having not seen the film, and someone coming up to them and going, hey, you're the guy from uh, the Fantastic Four movie. And they're like, what? How, how, do me a copy of it. Um, <laughs> but they're all, I mean, the guy, you, I do feel sorry for them. The guy that plays Doctor Doom, I mean... <laughs> Yes, he does take himself very, very seriously. Is the is the the, the actual film a stinker? I'm, I'm imagining from the clips I've seen. In, you know, actually, in many ways, it's more faithful than the 
uh, one they did with Jessica Alba. And that. Right. But, so it has, I'm definitely more faithful than the, the yeah. recent one, which was just biggest. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Because my kid, we watched the the, the 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 silly kids ones, the Jessica Alba ones, that, that were, and yeah. they, I I could recognise them as awful, but my boys enjoyed them. You know, five and seven, they enjoyed them. But yes, I saw a trailer for the the, the recent one, and it looked it looked terrible. It is a chore to watch, put it that way. Um, but the point about it is, as you, you've probably seen this other documentary. It's on Netflix called Lost Souls. Um, I don't know if I have. What is it about? It is about the filming of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, yeah, no, I have seen that. That's, that's, a, that's a great documentary, that is. It was incredible. I loved it. I, I, I particularly like the little twist of you know, the director getting fired. Yeah. But he was still on the set. And yeah. then came back. I just, I think it's just a great. great uh, story, uh, I um, what's the um film? It came out a few years ago. I do love documentaries about films that never get released. Um, it was um, oh, what was it? And it was about this young guy who worked in a bar or something, and he wrote a script for a movie, and Harvey Weinstein or somebody got him like five million dollars to make this movie. And he was going to direct it. Um, and he and he was literally, he was like a bartender or something. And it was like a big story. This nobody has written this movie and he's going to direct his first movie. And he's got $5 million for it. And of course, it never came out. Do you know what? Do you know the, you don't know the film I'm talking about. I, I, don't, I don't actually know that one, no. It's called no, like Hot Shot. Or, someone will know. 0344 499 1000 is the... Uh, Telephone number. So, someone, someone will know that film. It's a great. I bought it on DVD because I read about it, and it's it's so good. And um, he, he still makes indie films. This guy. Someone will know. Keep mm. listening, Alex. We'll, we will find out what it's called. All right. Nice one, man. Thank you very much. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello. You're right. Yes. Good. You text. You text. No, you you emailed in. Yes, I did. Wowzers. How yes. come? Because I'm posh. <laughs> Um, that laugh implies otherwise, but, 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 <laughs> what, you, uh, you, you need to stop smoking, Sarah. I know, but I s- know. Stop. Why? Because it, it's, it's killing you and ruining your laugh, which is, which sounds no. like a delightful laugh, but there's a hint of smokiness in there. Oh, well spotted. Yeah, I know, well, I'm good, I'm good. Good, good, good. No, it's the only vice I've got. Is that the only vice you have? Yes. Or in that case, carry on smoking. If anything, Sarah, I suggest you smoke more. Oh, no, no. No, double up. It's all or nothing. Double up. (laughs) Two fags at a time. You ever done that? Two fags at a time? No, a cigar. (laughs) There's something improper about a lady smoking a cigar. There is, yes. 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 Um, What have you um, emailed stroke called in for, Sarah? Because... I was laughing in my bed, and my husband came through to see why I was laughing. Uh oh! Why was your um, husband not in bed with you? Because he snores. Oh no! You've kicked him out of bed. He sleeps somewhere else, does he? Yeah, he sleeps up in the playroom. <laughs> oh no! How long has that been going on for? Uh, um, I don't know. A while. Well. It, um, here he goes. Oh no! Huh? I want to hit you. What? Oh no! What? Yes. You're not phoning up to confess that you've murdered him, have you? And you're sat on his no. on his, his bloody lifeless body, holding a knife. <laughs> no, 
No, he just came out to see who I was talking to. Okay. Gosh, I think he misses you. No. No? Believe me, he doesn't. He, no. 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 It's, okay. Well, that's, that sounds, um, no. okay. Sounds like a decision has been made there. Yeah. Do, do you not think it's weird sleeping in different rooms? It's actually better. Really? Yes, because we have two children as well. Okay. But supposing one of you, um, <laughs> you know. Yes. Wants a bit of hanky panky. <laughs> we visit each other. Hey, which room? Which room is the love room? Is it yours or the spare room? It's mine. Beautiful, beautiful. Maybe that's why he keeps knocking on the door tonight. Then, is he? He just feels a little bit randy. Probably because it's every night, and I'm like, no. Oh, so you won't let him. No. Lysistrata. No. There we go, you see. The, the women have the power in the palm of their hand. Anyway, Sarah, so what? So you were laughing, um, yeah. and you, you decided to get in touch, and it's lovely to hear from you. Whereabouts in this uh, uh, country are you? Oh, well, I'm in Peterhead. Um, I don't know where Peterhead is. No, nobody does. No, I've never even heard of it. Is it nice in Peterhead? No. Oh. It's the northeast of Scotland. Hey, oh, no, uh, well, see, I bet that sounds brilliant. I've not. Is it? Is it wild and uh, rugged? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. yes. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to come and visit. I want to stay in the spare room with him. Oh, where's he got to go? Well, he can come. He can go into your room for a couple, just for two nights, Sarah. Okay. 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 Good. <laughs> Are you sure that smoking is your only vice? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. I, I, I am a mother now, and I am very well behaved. Good for you. How did you, um, uh, up in Peterhead, how did you find out about uh, this radio station and indeed this radio show? Oh, right. Long story. Here we go. My dad. Yeah. God rest his soul. Me and my dad used to listen to talk radio, no, sport radio. Yes. Many, many moons ago. Yes. And James Whale. Uh oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not even entertaining that. So okay. Don't entertain that, even for no. a second. So I came across it again on my phone, oh. and I was so excited. Yes. Yes, and I was like to my husband, "Oh, talk radios back! Yay! Hooray! Well." And I kept saying to him every night, there's this guy, and you've got to listen to him because he's, he's so funny, he's so crazy. Oh. And that's how I came across hey, it. Hey, well, that's fantastic. Unfortunately, James is back at this radio station as well. Yes, and where's Ash? He's disappeared. Ash, I'm afraid, is serving a very long prison sentence. Oh. Yep, yep, the, the but... feds finally caught up with him. He's in, uh, Ash is in prison, um, oh. but he is due for parole in uh, 2019, I think it is. Ah, uh, doesn't surprise me. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. No. Very, very strange character. Yes, yes. Well, Sarah, I'm glad you found us. Uh, uh, James Whale is on, well, he's on Mondays to Fridays at the moment, 7 till 10, but yes. usually it's Monday to Thursdays. I'm on uh, Monday to Friday, 10 till 1, so uh, oh, yes, keep yes. listening, Sarah, and do check in again, won't you? I do, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lots of love to you and your husband. Thank you for having go, me. Go and, well, go and give him a surprise bunk up. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. 0344 499 1000. James, come to you after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 
Um, let's go to James. Good evening, James. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Oh, terribly, man. Terribly. My soul is burning. But, you know, I've been there. I've been there, mate. Sucks, doesn't it? And it was, everything was sort of going all right. And then just yesterday, last night, a metaphorical car crash of my soul. And it's, um, oh, I feel awful, if I'm completely honest, James. I want to burst into tears. But I won't. I won't. What do you do to get out of it? Well, no, not not what you used to. Not what I used to. Um, I mean, eating eating last night and today, but of course that just makes me feel ashamed and 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 and, and fat. Um, uh, any sort of um, meditation? Do you know what? I haven't meditated for exercise. ages, and actually, the meditation does help. Um, I can't go to the gym when I feel like this, and I didn't go today. I can't. Well, no. What about a walk? What about a walk with an audio book and a bit of a podcast or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And I will do. I will take the dog. Things are a little bit up in the air at moment. In the moment, with with all kinds of stuff, which I shan't go into here. But 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 no, yes, no, cool. I, I, I will. And I've just discovered some really really good podcasts. Some of whom we're going to hopefully speak with uh, when we go over to the states. One of which I'm going to be on. If, if anyone is oh, a, a fan of a podcast, oh, oh, can't you say? I can say, I'm going to say Keith and the Girl. I'm going to be on Keith and the Girl, which is a brilliant podcast. Oh, is it? I'm not, I'm, I'm a bit of a podcast aficionado, but I'm not Right, here's what you need to check out. Keith and the Girl, because I'm going to be yeah. on it, and it's brilliant. Um, yeah. the ones that I'm, I'm trying to get on are Beautiful Anonymous. Uh, no, I'm not trying to get on it, I'm trying to get them on the show. One called Beautiful Anonymous, <laughs> yeah. which is great, and another one called Radio Lab. And by the way, guys, go and, um, everyone, if you want to get the willies put up you, go and listen to the, uh, epi- recent episode of Radio Lab called Nukes. Um, we're all doomed. Um, so I'm enjoying listening to those, and I'm, I'm, I'm Keith and the girl, they're gonna come on my show, I'm gonna go on their show, and the other ones I've reached out to, and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll get them on at some point. Oh, mate, I've, in, in times when I've been, you know, down in the dumps, I've, uh, saved up, saved them up, yeah. and sort of binged, listened on a long old walk. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it's all works. Have you got an echo, by the way, you're in? Well, you sound a bit echoey. Are you on speakerphone or something? I am. I'll come off it. Come on, on, James. Come on. Come on, James. You know the... Is that better? Of course it's... And is it better for you, sir? Yeah, well, always. Of course it is. The speakerphone is terrible. Yes, sir, go on. I phoned about one. Yeah. But you, you mentioned world records. Yes. And I'm hoping you or your listeners can settle one thing right. My last Christmas party at work. Yeah. We've got an Irish guy who's the office manager, a fella called Mick. Um, he used to do a bit of Irish dancing. Yes. And he was telling us all about Michael Flatley. And Michael Flatley apparently has the world record for 35 taps in a second. Yes. Now, now it stands to reason, it stands to logic, that's two feet. But in Irish dancing, apparently... No, it's one foot. It can you cannot a human being cannot do thirty five. Yes, you can. Hats. Yes, you can. No, you, no, you can. Stand up now. Stand up now. No, I can't. I can't now. do it. I'm not Michael Flatley. Michael Flatley no, has also famously got an incredibly now, huge penis. Stand up now, mate. I, I, and just try and do. I just can't try and no. see how many you can do in a second. No, and I'll tell you. Would do about four. 
Well, you I cannot do I'll it. Do less, you no, cannot. I tell you, no, 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 listen, you can, and I will explain the principle to you, right? First of all, they've got metal on their shoes, so it's a bit bouncy, right? Now, have you ever seen close up a drummer doing a drum roll? Uh, I, I haven't. Right, because a drummer doing a drum roll, in a second, there's got to be about 30 hits of the drum. And to do a drum roll, I can't do it, but I've, I've, I've yeah, seen... two sticks. No, 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 listen. To sit, how they do it is they don't go bum, 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 bum. They're not moving their arm. It's all to do with the bounce. So the stick is basically bouncing itself, okay? And that's, that's how a drummer, right? So that's how it does it. And it will be the same with the foot. The heels and the toes of the foot will be, it'll be using their own, um, uh, kinetic ki- uh, energy no. to bounce. There's the difference. There's the difference. No. Because no. you're, you're, you, don't command that stick. You command your hand. Sorry? And you, you do, don't you? You command your hand with the drumstick, and then you allow whatever's yes. in and it. and you command your shoe, you command your shoe with the tap. You're wearing a massively long shoe. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever uh, had thrown back at me. No! He's not got clown <laughs> shoes on, you muppet! <laughs> clown shoes! No! Uh, suddenly, suddenly, it all makes sense. Fantastic. Yes, you Michael Flatley up. does it in a clown shoe. That's it. Yep. It's the only way. Yeah, it's, it's the, the only... only way you can use that analogy of a drumstick yes. with a shoe. Because if he had the drumstick from the, his m- sort no, of middle the sh- finger the sh- down to his the wrist... Sh- the drumstick is just to show you that, that things use kinetic energy to power themselves. And the foot is the using shoe, the energy of the, the bounce. Shoe perfectly what? sort of covers his foot. Yeah, it's a shoe. That, it's, a, it's a shoe. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is different to a drumstick. But how? In that one is not encompassing. It's, it's like saying you could do what? 35. It's like he said, you can do that with a glove. No, it's not. It's not, not at all. It's, it's exactly the same. It's completely different. It's yeah, like saying shoe, you can do it with a drumstick. It's a shoe to the foot. It's yes. like a glove to the hand. Well, uh, yeah, kind of, but that no, is... No, not kind of, Ian. Well, but exactly. but in, in terms of covering, yes, except, of course, the <laughs> shoe doesn't go, doesn't do the toes. So it's completely different. It's more like a mitten. <laughs> All right, okay. The shoe does is a mitten man, of the does foot. Does your drama yes. do it in a mitten? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes, he could do it in oh, a mitten. Okay. So that's that settled, is it? That's that settled. I don't know why you're finding this such a hard concept to grasp. You're saying that yes. somebody could do thirty taps in a second. Thirty-five a taps in a second. Thirty-five taps yes. on a drum in a mitten. That's what you're saying. Yes, I am saying that. Yes. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Point number two. Just goes to show. Oh, no wonder you're sad. I've no, I've just destroyed your. You've come on to trying to destroy your mate Mick, and I, I'm backing Mick up. Mick is absolutely spot on about this. Mick hasn't got a clue. Mick knows what he's talking about. That wasn't why I phoned anyway. Okay, go on. I tell you why I phoned. My my missus' uh, sister's wedding. Um, she uh, get so I'm I'm staying with my boy at my mum and dad's. So. Uh, they're upstairs. They're asleep. Hang on a second. Um, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Just, just, just indulge me 
for um, um, one minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Let's get it on. Peter, over to you. Thank you very much. I think we're all ready. Marco, are you ready? Marco, pronto. Joes, are you ready? Okay. Your world record attempt starts in three, two, one. Tap! So the record to beat is 602 taps in one minute. Right, so that the, the record they got to beat is 602 taps in one minute. That's 60 taps as... No, that's 10 taps. Hang on. Let's see how fast they go. She spent the last nine years working as a tap dance teacher. And what's even more interesting is that she taught her opponent here, Joe Dodd, to dance. So the question is, can the pupil beat the teacher? Joe cites Gregory Hines and Gene Kelly as his inspiration. Only the taps that are clearly audible will be counted, and Marco will be viewing this back in super slow motion and counting each and every one. Ah, oh, yes, he gets all the good jobs. Not long to go now. We're almost there. And there's the claxon. Time's up. Right. Hang on. And while Marco does the count-up, let's take a look at that in slow motion. Slow down 30 times. And look at that. Unbelievable. You're looking at... Eight to ten floor taps per second here. River dance. You ain't got nothing on well, this. Eight to ten. Yeah. Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Hang on. Let's see. Let's, let's see. Sure. Steve Jones is going to reveal all. I think Peter might have mentioned that Joe taught you how to tap dance. There's kind of an Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader thing going on here. Uh, how? Shut up, Steve Jones. There's only one person who knows if it's a victory to the girls or the boys, and it's this man here. Tommy Huck and Steve Jones. Please, here we go. Please put us out of our misery. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, I verified uh, each single tap that you did in one minute with my assistants. And I can tell you that you both exceeded the record, so congratulations yes. to you. All right, here we go. Yes. So it's more than eight to ten, mate. This is going to be 35. We've got, We've got a new three. Guinness World Record. We have a new Guinness World Record holder tonight. But as you know, we can only have one winner. The difference uh, between the winner and the loser is 98 taps. Wow. wow. Ooh, That's oh. significant. Ow. With 784 taps in a minute, the Guinness World Record holder is Joe. Where are these two Joes? Representing the girls. <laughs> That's 13 taps a second. Yeah, 13. So Michael Flatley apparently has 35. What? Impossible. Well, oh. impossible. So that what, uh, it's not. It's not possible with one foot, mate. Ian, literally stand up. No, I'm not. I'm not a tap dancer. Just try for a second. Do heel to toe. Heel right, to hang toe. on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's another world record. All right, flipping it. I'm just. There's a, from the same program. There is another world record. Hang on a second. Fans of clicking noises right. will really be... This is a show for dolphins tonight. Here we go. Hang on. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. to boys. Boys versus girls. You know why? Why? Because I know we are. Yeah. For this Boy V Girls Christmas special, mm -hmm. we're going to find out how many heel clicks can be performed in midair. Oh, no, I don't, no, we're get, now, we're, now we're going off the subject a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Mid-air so heel she, clicks. She's, or he, he or she is apparently one with, what was it, 12? Thir 13, uh, 13. 13. Right, yeah. So he's, he's, not, he's more or less tripled that 
to win his world record yes. on one foot. Yes. Impossible. Yes. Well, Impossible. You, it doesn't happen. But No, well, okay, you say that. Oh, do I? Um, and I, but I disagree, I, I think it is possible. Based on what? You won't even say. Thanks very much for calling, James. I appreciate that, but we've got to go to an ad break. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I know Google doesn't exist in this show, but I just binged it, and, uh, yeah, it's true. 35 taps a second. His original record was 28, and then he beat it with 35 taps a second, so... You know, it was, it was whopping, man, whopping. Um, don't forget, Monday show, we're going to try something a little bit different. Um, kind of, I'd say, nicking the idea from uh, Beautiful Anonymous. It certainly inspired the idea. Three hours, three callers, that's it. You phone up at the top of the hour. Kath will pick who she thinks will, you know, be the best companion for that next... Just, it's, it's just under an hour, just under an hour, and you stay on the line for that hour, and we chat, and that's it. Um, you ask me stuff, I ask you stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Uh, there, also, I see some people arguing online about, you know, I got asked which um, st- st- stations paid the most. I was I was doing, just to clarify, uh, I was doing um, per show, is, is what I was saying. Not annually, not per show, is what, I was, um, is what I was going on there. And I think I got it right. I'm not totally sure. 0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number, if you want to give us a call. Ah, and uh, your film ring. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy listening to us in Sri Lanka. Ravi. Ravi Ravendra is listening in Sri Lanka, of all places. And he's done that thing that Americans do. Um, he's called me Lane, which I like. I think when we go to America, Catherine, I'm going to call myself Lane. It's going to be easier, I think. I don't think I'm going to correct. I mean, we're, we're, I'm emailing people in the States. Um, and we now have two locations to do the show from as well. We've got one is at WFMU and the other one is in the studio that they record Keith and the girl. We're, they're going to let us use their studio. So we've got, that's two days down, only three more to fill. Um, but I've, I've I've taken to when I'm writing to Americans is I, I I kind of sign do my first name in lowercase and my last name in an uppercase just to really get home the difference that it is Ian Lee. But if people call me Lane when we're over there, do you know what? Then I shall uh, I shall be embracing that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Here's a story. We I, I'm, here's a story. Um, which I can I can't comment on the story because it's going to go to trial, but I can read the story, and I'm going to let you at home make of it what you will. I'm going to read this story with no comment. Okay. This is in the Daily Mirror. It's also in a couple of the other papers. I'm going to read it. No comment. It's over to you. Don't phone up and make comment. I mean, you make comment at home privately. If you want to, you want to face some judice, that's up to you guys. I'm just going to read this. <clears throat> a man is due in court, accused of having sex in public with a motorbike. I'm not. No comment. Kevin Chapman is also alleged to have punched and kicked the blue Suzuki. The 33-year-old of Ashford, Kent, denies indecent exposure and causing criminal damage. He faces trial injured. Now, 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 
Really? Really? We'll play um, Gault McDermott after uh, 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 12 o'clock. Um, how long is the Gault interview? It's not long, is it? Ten minutes? About that, about ten minutes? It's not long. Um, it, it was... Um, we were warned. Well, I've been uh, talking to his... Um, I guess it's his daughter-in-law. Is it his daughter? I get a bit confused. His daughter-in-law. Um, and she did warn us that Gault was um, was old and his memory was a little bit foggy. Um, so we were prepared, but it was su- it's such a lovely interview and I'm genuinely so, so thrilled, um, that I got to speak to him. So we'll play that. Here's the thing. When the interviews, the pre-recorded interviews are playing, I can't bear to listen to them. I hate listening to, to them. I mean, we had two last night. We had, um, Steve Gutenberg and, um, oh, we had the Feng Shui guy, didn't we? Um, and uh, so I go out and tidy the office. Because I can't, I cannot listen to me. I, oh, it's awful. I don't know how you can. I don't know, I don't know how you can bear to listen to me. I certainly can't. So I go out and tidy the office. Um, and, um, I do all that kind of stuff when the interviews are on. I won't be listening. But, uh, you'll do it. And then we'll take more phone calls after, uh, after that. Um, now there are other, um, stories about records being, um, broken. Um, on Britain's Got Talent. And I don't normally fall for the um, the uh, the stories promoting um, Simon Cowell's awful television programmes. But 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 here's the thing: when when you're in, if you ever work in local radio, every year they bring out a new Guinness Book of Records. I don't know if they bring it out as a book anymore. If it's just an online thing, I don't know. Um, but every year you'll get a press release from Guinness saying you were records coming out and you've got eight record breakers in your counties. And every year, the dullards that run local radio will go, I've got a great idea for the breakfast show. Why don't you guys try and break a record? Like the number of uh, the, the cream crackers you can eat dry in a minute. Right, well, well you could send um, um, Justin out on the street to see if we can get the listeners to break world records. God's sakes. I mean, yeah, sure. Why don't we do um, try and break the world record for the most number of hackneyed, cliched ideas we can spaff off in one local radio breakfast show? Why don't we do that? Um, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Um, Sean Wozencroft, 39. Do you remember Leroy Jenkins? Leroy Jenkins. Did he, is he still alive? Did he kill himself? Is he still alive? And why haven't we got, why haven't we had Leroy Jenkins on this show? I mean, I know it was, when was that? That must have been 10 years ago. You know the Leroy Jenkins thing. It was, it was, they were playing World of Warcraft or something. And it's, um, uh, you know, the elf says to the, okay, what we're going to do is you go in and you get them with the, the, the binding spell and then you get them with the magic. And they spend ages organising it. And then one of the guys just goes, Leroy Jenkins! And he runs in and the, the others are going, oh my God, no, he's got, and he just goes off and it became um, uh, a meme. It became a meme. I believe it became a meme and it became, you know, everyone was, was putting Leroy Jenkins and, and it popped up again. Recently, with um, with with the PR gaffes in the states, they had the Pepsi gaff, and then they had the United gaff, and then they had Sean Spicer going Leroy Jenkins, uh, and I just got me wondering. I wonder where, I wonder where Leroy Jenkins is these days, and and um, 
I, I, I sincerely was thinking, I hope Leroy Jenkins is happy. I really hope Leroy Jenkins is happy. Um, I wonder where he is and why we don't treat him like a king and why he never got his own television show. Anyway, Sean Wozencroft, 39. So hang on, they're going on Britain's Got Talent trying to break records. Flipping heck. Tried to eat a raw onion in less than the record time of 29.56 seconds, but he was too slow at 32 seconds. Judge Amanda Holder t- Holden told him, your breath probably is a bit smelly. Callie the Wonder Dog became the fastest pooch to pop 100 balloons in the 2015 live semi-finals with 41.67 seconds. Why do people do this? Uh, What's this? Toe wrestling ace Alan Nasty Nash of Stoke is hoping to crush more than the current records of 55 eggs with his toes. It, uh, it, I, it's, uh, I never really got the um, the attraction of the world records. I never really got the attraction. Um, i tell you what we'll do, dear listener. We'll put the newspapers to one side. We, we, we're two hours down. I don't think I'm going to bail out now. We've got another hour to go and i think i think we can make it to uh to the end of the show without anybody jumping out of a window fingers crossed after that man we're all up to our own devices so who knows what the hell is going to happen but between now and uh, one o'clock i think we will be okay so what we will do is you're more than welcome to call in now if you want and um uh, reserve your place in the last hour uh, we will be taking calls when we come back from the uh from the news um, we'll play the interview. We'll go straight into the interview with Galt McDermott. Okay, so be ready for that. Um, and of course, if we were, you know, kind of, um, well, I nearly said slick, but slick isn't the word. Um, if we were more traditional broadcasters, we'd have packaged the piece with a bit of Aquarius at the top and a, break it up with a bit of Frank Mills in the middle and then let the sunshine. <sighs> hate all that stuff i hate all that stuff it's like when um uh, on the radio when they do a, a report about um money they'll play money 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 by abba or money by pink floyd you just think oh god please what well, let, let's treat our listeners like idiots and i know for a fact dear listener that um, somewhere between one and 100 percent of you are not idiots i know that to be true so if you want to give us a call you can Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Ravi, if you're listening in Sri Lanka, you can call us zero zero four four three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Book your place for the last hour of the show, and then uh, when we come back at midnight after the news, we'll listen to the interview with Galt McDermott. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Good morning to you, sir. It's like you're in the room next door. My name is Ian. Thank you so much for this. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to be talking to you. Your music um, has been a huge part of the soundtrack to my life. So thank you for that. Um, My pleasure. uh, Well, I just wanted to take you back and wondered what your memories of hair were. How did you get involved with the musical hair? 
Jerome Ragney called you. Um, well, I was associ- associated with a guy called uh, uh, Matt Shapiro. Matt Shapiro. And uh, Jerry called him first. Yeah. And um, Matt put me in touch with, with both of the radio right. And they had the story written, but none of the songs. Is that right? Well, they had the lyrics written, but they had no music. What did you think of the story, Galt, when you first saw it? Did you, did you, did you think it had potential? Well, <clears throat> I, I like the lyrics. I like the guys. And uh, I didn't really take the story too seriously, so I just assumed it was good. <laughs> good enough. And, uh, we, you know, we went ahead. And how long did you have to write the music? Actually, when I started, we didn't even have a producer. So I had forever to write the music. But they wanted to have it right away, so I went and as fast as I could. And did they give you any pointers as to, as to how they wanted it to sound? Well, they wanted rock and roll. Right. At the time, the word rock and roll meant something. And I knew pretty much what that meant. So <clears throat> I, I pursued that side of music. Um, but you, am I right in thinking, Galt, that before that, you weren't really doing rock and roll, were you? You were doing all, you were doing all kinds of things. Well, yes, rock and roll was one of the things that I did. I, I like I rock and roll. Yeah. And did some songs come easier than others? Um, well, that I can't tell you. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. I, did, I, I just did them as they came along. Yeah. Um, I, I, and with, with good reason you can't remember. It was, um, I mean, the, the, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Well, yes, that's why I can't remember. It's a long time ago, Gold. It is a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, I mean, obviously there are standout songs like Aquarius and um, Let the Sunshine In, and I wondered if you had any feeling that when you were writing the music for those songs in particular that you were doing something very special. Well, <clears throat> Aquarius, the words were very interesting to me. Uh, when the moon's in the seventh house, I didn't know if they knew what they were writing about or if, if anybody knew, but it was an intriguing idea. And then the Aquarius part, I just knew that was the kind of song that you repeat. Yeah. And, and get get excitement going. Yeah. That's the sunshine name, yeah. Yeah. So you finished the songs... And you had now a full show. How did you? How did you and the team go about getting a producer to to fund it? You know, I, I'm going to have to think a bit for a second. I can't remember how we did. No, Jerry. Jerry took a class with with uh, Ian. This is uh, Vince McDermott. This is God's son. Hey, Vince. Nice um, to talk to you. Uh, thanks so much for helping out today. A hundred percent. He took a class with with Joe Papp at Yale and took the train back with him and yeah. convinced them. You know. Told me want to do. Oh, yeah, it's Joe Pat. So it was the first show that Joe Pat did that wasn't Shakespeare. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Um, and of course, it was the nude scene, Galt, that, where everyone takes off their clothes before the intermission. Um, how did that sit with you? Did, w- were you uncomfortable with that? Not at all. <clears throat> I was totally comfortable with everything that Radio and Raggedy wanted to do, because they they seemed to know exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And I, 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 I assumed that, that that was their department, and the music was my department, so it worked out fine. 
And of course, it's easy to forget that, um, hair was huge. It was a phenomenon in that it was huge hit on Broadway. It crossed over into the pop and rock and roll world and also was a huge hit around the world. Uh, what did, when did you realize, Galt, that, that it was a success and a phenomenal success? Now. <laughs> 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 it's only just sunk in now, fifty years later. But I did live. I did live off it for quite a, quite a few years, and and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. it and it <clears throat> it sounds like it. I think you know. I've got several different versions of the soundtrack, and and it, that it, they all sound like a lot of fun. Um, there were some songs, of course, that that got overlooked and don't always appear songs like uh, the bed and there's a few others and i wondered Gold, if you could remember if there were any of the the songs that that didn't make it into the final show that that you think were were good enough uh i thought they were all good enough i didn't think about it in that way yeah uh you know just uh, if people did certain things with songs recorded them you know with a good record company that made a lot of difference to how they were received. Yeah. But uh, I liked all the songs. One of my absolute favourites, and I sing it quite often on the radio, much to the annoyance of my listeners, um, is Frank uh -huh. Mills. Frank Mills is yeah. just, it's such a, the, the, the poetry, the, the music. Uh, any memories of, of writing that, Galt? No, but I was aware that it was a very neat writing by the guys. Yeah. When they gave it to me, I... I, I was I was aware that it was very sharp, and I've always liked the song. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, what did you think of the movie version of Hair? I enjoyed the movie. I, I liked it. A lot. I think it's one of the better soundtracks. I mean, it's a completely different feel to the music. It's all a little bit funkier, but I do think it's an uh -huh. excellent soundtrack. Oh yeah, I think that too. Sure. I also only recently discovered um, the soundtrack to Dude, which is kind of loosely billed as the sequel to Hair. Um, any memories about Dude? Actually, no. <laughs> I can't think that Dude was with Jerry, and, and, they, and they tore the theatre down. They put the hill, the mound of hill, and <laughs> they had a racetrack around the theatre. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a... That was, my favorite soundtrack, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Vince, sorry, well, you, are you saying that, that Dude was your favorite soundtrack of your dad's work? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I only I only heard the soundtrack about three weeks ago, and I agree, it is it is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? What, why do you think, Vince, is you, you remember, you know, you're perhaps a bit more aware of it than, than Galt is, why do you think that um, Dude didn't really work in the same way that Hair did? Well, that that I, I couldn't really tell you that because that's a theatrical thing. Yeah. I mean, um, I just like the feel of of the show and where Jerry Ragney, what he was talking about. I mean, he was talking about everything, angels and feelings, and there's a lot of emotion in that show. You know. Again, it's really funky with all the horns. Um, Vince, I don't know your age, Vince, but I was just wondering at what point did you realize what your father did? And the, also that what he did was was rather special and was loved by millions of people around the world. I can I can answer that pretty clearly. I was sent to boarding school in sixty nine, seventy, and seventy one, and 
at that school were sons of diplomats from all around the world, you know, Europe, Africa, South America. And they were all interested in hair. I mean, as you had mentioned earlier, it was a phenomenon. It wasn't really just a show that was popular. Yeah. It, it, it kind of affected everybody all over the world. So I knew it was something up there. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I, and I would imagine that they kind of thought your dad was almost like a rock star of the day. They were very intrigued, you know, yeah. about the whole phenomenon there. Yeah. The, the truth is, Dad is a great person, and, and I know from, you know, growing up in his house that it's always full of music because yeah. he's always on the piano. So that was that was my upbringing. Yeah. Um, and Galt, do you, do you still write music? Do you still play the piano? Do you still, f- f- you know, get the urge to sit down and write something? Well, I, I sit down every morning at the piano and find out what there is there. Sometimes there's something, sometimes there isn't, but, you know, you try. Yeah. Are there any of your other pieces of work throughout your career? Forget hair for a second. Are there any other um, uh, pieces of work that you're really proud of, that, that that you think people should know about? Well, Do John and Verona, I like that a lot. The human comedy. The human comedy. The mass. The mass. With Bill. Um, Isabel's a Jezebel. Isabel's a Jezebel. Yeah. I, I, I can't... Sitting here at the dining room table, I can't think of all of this. I, I just, I just bought the two gentlemen of Verona on eBay, and I just, I just got it last week, and I'm looking forward to. I've got to dig out my record player, my turntable, and and put it on that. Um, and, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it, Gold, and I'm I'm excited because, of course, I I just thought you did hair, and I was reading up on you a few weeks ago, and I was so excited to see. All these different albums, all these different soundtracks, these live recordings that I'm going to dive into and, and thoroughly enjoy. Um, Good. Yeah, no, I, and thank you, thank you for for you know for for making them. Um, go. Uh, it is the fiftieth anniversary of Hair, and I, they're putting on productions all around the world. I know they're doing some shows in London, which I'm really looking forward to go and see. Um, is there anything? Is there anything you'd like to say to those people that might be going to see Hair fifty years after it was first performed? <laughs> I can't imagine what I could say except good luck. <laughs> you say you say good luck. I, I will tell you a story. I took my mother to see it. It was here about five or six years ago. I took my mother to see it, and she's in a wheelchair, so she we, we were sat right oh. by the aisle, and the scene where everyone strips off and comes into the audience. I will never forget, Galt, my mother has sat in the aisle in her wheelchair and a very young, um, well-endowed actor comes and stands beside her, puts his foot up on a, a little ledge and, and basically was was waving his, um, his fella in, right. in my mum's face. She had the time of her life, Galt. She loved it. She, sa- she said to me, I've not seen one of those in years. <laughs> so, That's good. That's so thank good you for you. <laughs> hey listen go i'm gonna let you go i, I just want to say again thank you so so much i've i've got about seven different versions of your hair soundtrack and i'm i'm buying your stuff from your website and from ebay and amazon um and i just want to say thank you for for um you know letting the sunshine in well it's been a pleasure and it's fun talking to you thank you you too and vince thank you so much and uh, th- thank your dear wife for uh, putting up with my relentless emails, and, and um, bless all of you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Thanks bye a bye lot. Bye-bye. Late Night Ian Lee. On air and off the On Sork Radio. We have ways of making you talk. That was good, that. I enjoyed that. I didn't listen to it. I listened to a bit of it. I listened to the last two minutes. I did go and tidy up the Talk Radio office. Boy, you should see it now. It's tidy. Those, um, for, like, the last eight months, underneath the, um, desks in there have been, um, a big box of, is it Colin Munnery? The Irish lad. Colin Murray. Colin Murray calendars. Binned them. They've been there for eight months. Binned them. Should have given them away a, a, a um, as, as, as a surprise. Um, must stay off Twitter when I'm feeling lousy because I end up arguing with people and I'm being mean to some bloke because he doesn't like the show. And do you know what? It's fine he doesn't like the show. And, but suddenly I'm finding myself being snide with him. I mean, it's all right. People don't like the show. Of course it's all right if people don't like the show, but I'm finding myself being snide with someone. Um, I don't want to be snide to anyone. Johnny, peace and love, man. Peace and love. That's what it's all about. I don't mean to be snide. I'm just, you know, maybe I shouldn't have come in today. I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe when I woke up at midday today and, and felt lousy, I should have said, do you know what? It's um, it's it's a bank holiday. Let's just have a long bank holiday off. And I didn't. Oh, okay, man. And maybe, maybe, guys, maybe uh, that was my bad. Last 40 minutes of the show, and then it's the freaking weekend. Oh, three. Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Hey, we might have kickstarted Tommy Cannon's career. Have you seen this about Tommy Cannon? Oh, this is brilliant! This is brilliant. Strictly bosses want eighties comic Tommy Cannon. That's a bit unfair. On the show this year, making him their oldest contestant. That would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. Tommy Cannon on Primetime BBC. I'll have some of that, please. Never watched uh, an episode of uh, Strictly Come Dancing, but, um, you know, I, I've seen bits of it. I've seen bits of it. I'd watch it if Tommy... I'd watch Tommy Cannon's bits. Well, that sounds a little bit... Uh, Inappropriate, doesn't it? Tommy, 78, half of Cannon and Ball, is said to be up for it. He would outrank ex-kids TV presenter Johnny Ball. Tommy would be brilliant. Hang on a minute. They've got a quote from someone that they don't even attribute to anybody. It just It's just a quote. <laughs> they've just put a sentence, two sentences, in quotes, and they've not even said... An insider said today. They've not even done that. Here's the quote. Tommy would be brilliant and the eldest ever to appear. It's clear he'd be up for it. Everyone remembers him from his glory days, especially the older, older Strictly audience. But, but, but then that, that quote is not attributed to anybody. Not attributed to anybody. Cannon and Ball were Saturday night TV favourites from 1979 to 1988. Tommy appeared on I'm a Celeb in 2005 and he and Bobby came second in Channel 4's Celebrity Coach Trip in 2012. Are there any good TV programmes on at the moment? Because I don't, I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't, so I don't know if there's anything worth 
watch. I don't like Gogglebox, which Kath makes me watch. That was on tonight, wasn't it? We didn't watch it tonight because I was watching um, that documentary um, about the shooter in uh, Texas in 1966, which is your film ring homework, by the way. It's on Netflix. The Tower. Um, we're going to try and get some people from the show uh, on there from there on the show to come on um so i was watching that but i don't really watch any television i say i, say I, was, I watched four episodes of larry sanders today and that's from 1995 and i was uh, i was feeling miserable but it, it certainly wasn't laughing at it but i was it, you know it was it certainly it passed a couple of hours i enjoyed that but i don't watch tv there's that um Strange program with the French man who owns a restaurant and people go there to have dates. But all of the waiting staff, the male and the female waiting staff, are much hotter than anybody else that uh, uh, goes in. So you're kind of just wishing that the waiting staff would cop off with each other. Because they're all beautiful. The men and the women are all very good looking. And then the people that go into that show... Very, very strange people. So I've only watched that once. There's that awful thing with um, uh, with celebrities in where I don't really understand what it is. Is this this kind of augmented reality, like Towie is, where it's sort of... It's all a bit scripted, but it's sort of supposed to be a fly on the wall, but it's not, and it's a little bit... So it's all people like Charlotte Crosby... And people like that couldn't name anybody else in the show. And they all meet up in a bar and they, um, like pick which ones they fancy. Then they go to an agency and there's a very camp man who works on the reception in the agency. And then they go upstairs to the agency and they talk about the people they fancy. What the hell is that about? What the hell? is that about i I have no idea what that show is or what is going on in it it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if anybody can um can tell me what that show is because it just doesn't make any sense the mirror is full of great stories today they're all they're all short little ones but they're great by the way, uh, you know, this could be the last show we ever do. As you know, we're all going to go to nuclear war. You know nuclear war. Honestly, um, the, 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 the Radio Lab, one of these pods that we're hoping to get on the show in America, but they've not replied to me, so maybe we won't. I don't know. But it's still a brilliant podcast. And I made the mistake of listening to a very recent episode called um, um, Nukes. That was it. It's called Nukes. And um, it's all about a guy who um, was training in the military uh, when Richard Nixon was the president. And his job would have been one of the people, one of the two people that would have had the keys to fire off nuclear missiles. And sort of on one of the last days of his training, he said to his instructor, excuse me, sir, I have a question. What happens if... Are there any checks in place in case the president orders a nuclear strike and um, he's gone nuts? And he got court-martialed for asking that. 
and this, this was under Richard Nixon. And, and, and the, the, the way it works in America is there was a struggle in the 50s and 60s as to who had control of the nukes, whether it was the military or the, um, the, the, the uh, president. And uh, the, the Truman, it, under Truman, who when the bombs were, were, were dropped under Truman, it, the military had control of it. And um, they told Truman, don't worry, we, we've got this, you've got this new weapon and um, we're going to drop it on a military base and it will only kill military people and we won't hurt any women or children or innocent civilians. And of course, that was dropped on Nagasaki. Then they dropped a, uh, Hiroshima, then they dropped a second one on Nagasaki and they were going to drop a third one. And Truman went, whoa, whoa, no, 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 hang on a second. You said no civilians were going to be hurt. Uh, let's stop this. And so Truman took control of the nuclear mess, uh, missiles. Then, um, was it Eisenhower, who was a general, became president, and he kind of handed control back to the military. And then Kennedy kind of said, no, 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 I, I think the president should be. So the president can order a nuclear strike um, on his own and cannot be overruled. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's Donald Trump. He could order a nuclear strike. And it can't be over. If he says, we're going to nuke them, then we nuke them. It's as simple as that. Getting worried now, kids. Yeah? Getting scared now. It could be worse. Have a listen to this poor woman's story. A householder having a tap fixed found three bottles of suspected urine hidden under the bath. I had to put my hand down a toilet today and scrub it. Something ter- something was happening in there. I had to scrub it. Oy, oy, oy. Mandy Greaves moved in two years ago when the house was new. A plumber discovered the containers of yellow liquid behind a panel. It's been there for two years. You often see that by um, by in motorway in laybys and things. Truckers, dirty, dirty truckers. Incredible. Mandy, 50, of Cranbrook in Devon, said, I was disgusted. It was just horrible. I couldn't believe someone could leave something like that behind. It could be worse. It it could have been worse. Could have been a whole lot worse. Bovis Homes and Sovereign Housing are investigating. Bovis apologised and has removed the bottles. Last 30 minutes of the show, guys. 0344 499 1000. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. Late Nights Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. This guy, this is guy listening in Sri Lanka. And I'm kind of keen to... Um, um, he sent me a picture. Oh no, he's sending someone else a picture of a bike. Um, I'm gonna DM it. I'm gonna DM you, Ravi. Ravi, what's your number? And um, maybe we'll give uh, Sri Lanka a call, shall we? Maybe we'll um, maybe we'll do that. I like Sri Lanka. I I, uh, I went to Sri Lanka and had an absolutely marvelous time there and um met a young lad what was his name uh what was his name and we sort of became friends he, t- he took us on a we met him in a bar and he said i'll take you on a tour and um th- then it, shortly after that they had the tsunami that, that destroyed everything and they destroyed his house and somehow we man- i managed to track him down and gave him a few quid to help build a new house but his address at the time was something like um the uh, the house with the green door by the big tree near it was that was his address 
That was his actual address. What was his name? Um, and he sent me pictures of his kids, and we sent him some. Did we send him? I think we sent him some clothes for his kids, and we sent him like gave him like five hundred quid to build a new house or something. After the tsunami. I can't think what his name was. There's no way I'm going to remember that. 0344 499 1000 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Well, good news for um, people all around the world. Kay Burley has overcome her fear of flying. That means she can approach people in all four corners of the globe and tell them on live television that their relatives have died, huh? As a tough TV reporter, she jets around the world. But, confesses Kay Burley, for years, air travel left her shaking and sobbing. I think I'm blocked by Kay Burley on Twitter. Let me have a little look. Kay Burley. The Hurley Burley. Yeah, I'm blocked. I don't know why. I think... You are blocked from following Kay Burley and viewing Kay Burley's tweets. I think it's because I like to tweet that my friend um, Scott did um, that was um, making fun of Kay Burley. I don't think it was particularly rude. Scott's not particularly rude, but um, I think that's why she blocked me. And fair play to her, if that's uh, the reason I've I've blocked people uh, for less. I've blocked people for less. Um, but she's written a marvellous piece um, on how she has uh, uh, cured her flying. Um, but li- li- <laughs> Listen to this. My cheeks are tear-stained. Oh, it might have been about the dog. It might have been the... Look, you can see the sadness in its eyes. And I think Scott might have done something funny about that, which I liked or retweeted. So she blocked me for that, which is fair enough. My cheeks are tear-stained. My palms clammy. With my jaw clenched as tightly as the seatbelt buckled around my waist, I sink my face deep into the scarf I keep scrunched in a ball for comfort. But as the engine starts its familiar roar, any attempt to soothe myself is futile. On a plane, about to take off, I am terrified. For those... For those who believe me to be TV's toughest woman... Huh? Sorry, what? Let me read that again, Kay. For those who believe me to be TV's toughest woman... No, 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 no. That's Annika Rice, surely. The admission that I am frightened of flying will be met with incredulity. After all, I am a Sky News anchor. Well... (laughs) This is the most pomp... We're going to read this all the way to the end, I think. This is the most pompous uh, piece I've ever read. After all... I am a Sky News anchor with a wealth of experience reporting from some of the world's most dangerous disaster zones. I've covered everything from wars to tsunamis. Known for my somewhat combative style... No, you're known for the way you um, point out the sadness in dogs' eyes and um, tell people on live television their families are dead. I tackle politicians and present live in front of millions. Sky, millions, I don't think so. Also, hosting a TV show is a piece of cake. I've done it. Without so much as a single butterfly in my stomach. 
and yet I sob uncontrollably the minute I set foot on a plane. Ludicrous? Undoubtedly. But I am by no means unique. This is pure partridge. This is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Around 30% of people are anxious before boarding a plane. And when we focused on the fear of flying on my Sky News programme recently, record numbers of people contact me via social media to share their own anxiety. With the Easter holidays upon us, thoughts for many turn to air travel. By revealing my phobia, I hope to dispel the myth that this is something to be embarrassed about. Though I've never relished the prospect of flying, my fear was sparked by the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I was relaying events live on air from our London studio in September 2001 as the second aircraft flew into the Twin Towers in New York. Like everyone, I felt shaken and sickened by the sight, as well as desperately sad for those who lost their lives. My only regret was I wasn't able to tell their families on live television they died. I added that bit myself. I must have also realised, on some level, how quickly a supposedly robust plane could disintegrate. <laughs> Flippin' it, Kay. This is brilliant! My job is to deliver the news, not react to it. However, so I... However, so I suppressed my emotions and continued my 12-hour shift. It was the only later that the horror manifested itself as a fear of flying. It crept up insidiously as anxiety, which grew stronger every time I set foot on an aeroplane. The snap of a seat buckle, the passenger call buzzer, innocuous sounds I'd once barely registered because became cause for unease. Was there something wrong with the engine? The wings? That dark fellow with a rucksack? Everywhere was suspicion. I'm adding some bits myself. <laughs> For years, I betrayed no greater outward signs of disquiet than a flush face and a tendency to self-medicate with a gin and tonic. Oh, God. But in 2010, my ability to control my anxiety came to an abrupt end while I was on a flight back to London from Teesside. We'd been in the air for a matter of seconds when the pilot announced over the tannoy that one of the warning lights on the plane wasn't quite the right colour. His voice was calm, his decision to turn back to the airport to investigate merely precautionary, he said. But I took it as a validation of my worst fears. Terrified and shaking, I sobbed so hard that by the time we landed, my face was a mascara-streaked mess. Heaven knows what other passengers thought. I turned to the window in a desperate attempt to disengage from my environment. Um, God, uh, goes on, and, um, mm, mm, mm. Some frightened flyers torture themselves with imagined scenarios of airborne explosions and attacks. On a subconscious level, perhaps, I do fear disaster, but I refuse to entertain such lurid fantasies. My overriding fear is the loss of control. After all, I call the shots on every aspect of my career. I am also very much in control of my personal life. Down, boy! <laughs> the only time I surrender my destiny is when I fly. Oh, God! Oh, dearie me. Um, here we go, Catherine. 
she involves a producer in this. Bear in mind when we go to New York. To deal with the taxi to the runway and the knuckle-whitening takeoff, the worst part for me, I self-soothe by tapping my chest with the palm of my hand, while my producer, Emily, attempts to distract me by reading in-flight magazines out loud. I squeeze her hand so hard that I worry one day I'll break her fingers. If I do, she'll be fired and someone else will take her place. Although I'm always too fraught to eat or sleep, a glass of wine dampens my anxiety and an eye mask helps shut out my surroundings, as does soothing music. My current favourite being Ed Sheeran. (laughs) I didn't make that bit up. That's actually what she wrote. But any relief is... How long does this go on for? Flipping it. Um... Uh, <laughs> the arrogance of this woman is incredible. Any relief is fleeting. The more tired I am, the more impossible it is to cope. Returning from covering Donald Trump's inauguration this January, I was so emotionally exhausted, I thought I'd have to get off the plane. In the end, the cabin services director sat with me for takeoff, muttering soothing platitudes as I cried. If he recognised me, he was too polite to say so. <laughs> oh, you silly sausage. Maybe he didn't recognise you. Inevitably, I favour staycations in the Cotswolds and driving to France. The one exception is taking my son, Alexander, 23, on our annual safari to Ulusabu in South Africa, uh, South Africa, a ritual we enjoy too much to relinquish. Um, uh, Last September, on the day of our flight, I got an email saying our British Airways aeroplane had been struck by lightning. There was a possibility we'd be delayed. Hysterically convinced I should cancel the holiday, I noticed Captain Mark Mannering-Smith, former head of in-flight safety for British Airways, was following me on Twitter. I messaged him for advice. Using humour to dispel my fears, he reassured me that the aeroplane would be safe after a cuddle. And mercifully, he was right. The flight wasn't delayed, and when I thanked Mark, he suggested he help me tackle my phobia. The next month, he booked us on a day return, one-hour, 45-minute flight to France. Far enough for me to face my fears, but not too far to push me over the edge. Mark introduced me to the pilot, and it suddenly dawned on me that the man in charge was as keen to land safely as I was. (laughs) As we prepared for takeoff, Mark talked me through sounds I found sinister. The engine starting, the door shutting, me dropping my guts. He reassured me they were normal and instilled in me how stringently aircraft are checked and how extensively pilots are trained. We didn't mention the nutter that crashed the plane into the mountains. Still concerned, I was by no means cured. Mark, my hero, asked three pilots, Ben Whitlow, Toby Larson and Johnny Nolson, to give me their... their... (laughs) She's saying this as though everyone can do it. The thing is, right, the story is... I was scared of flying until I found an intriguing cure. Meet the hunks curing my fear of flying. So you're supposed to read it going, oh, flip an egg. Oh, Kay Burley, I'm, I'm afraid of flying. And Kay Burley's found a cure for it. I'll read it and see what the advice is. <laughs> Still concerned, I was by no means cured. Mark, my hero, 
asked three pilots, Ben Whitlow, Toby Larson and Johnny Nolson, to give me their numbers so there was always an expert whose counsel I could summon when I was due to fly. That's what you need, guys. You just need the phone numbers of three pilots. Oh, you are just... Listen to this. Perhaps it sounds like I was given preferential treatment on account of my profile. But I know British Airways is just as caring towards all frightened flyers. So how many frightened flyers can DM a pilot on Twitter and then get the phone numbers of three pilots and then get taken on, I'd imagine, a free flight to France and back? Huh? I have four strong, capable men at my disposal. They've become trusted confidants, taking calls, meeting me for coffee as I wait flights, and walking me on board when my legs feel like buckling. This is absolute gold. Knowing the support there is there is a relief, although as an independent woman who's rarely had recourse to rely on a man, the irony of being dependent on four is not lost on me. Still, they stop me having to seek professional help. They're professionals! And they helped you! Which I worry might be so full-on it could put me off getting on an aeroplane ever again. I can't pretend I no longer freak out before flying, but thanks to my posse of pilots, I am, finally, a work in progress. Unbelievable! That is the best thing I've ever read! Let's take a break. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I've done a couple of jobs for Sky that have involved flying. You turn left when you go on the plane. Oh, and you're flying on Sky's dollar. You turn left. So, I mean, that is the best thing ever, isn't it? I'm John glad I read that. Well, we're nearly at the end. We, it looks like we've made it uh, almost to the end, dear listener. It calls a little bit uh, on the thin ground, but that's absolutely fine. That happens sometimes. It's Easter, it's a bank holiday, and we'll see what happens. On Monday, on Monday, on Monday, on Monday, we're going to try something a bit different. Um, three hours, three calls. That's what we want. Um, it's dawned on me that we're doing it on a bank holiday, so maybe we won't... We'll see how it goes. It might not work, but um, uh, in my head, we get a call. We get some calls at the top of the show at 10 o'clock. Catherine kind of goes through them, and while I'm chatting away, and um, she picks one uh, that she thinks will be the, the best company for that hour. And then we talk up until 11, and then we repeat the process. It may work. It may not work, but you know that we're trying to do something different every day and, you know, trying to come up with new stuff. And um, yeah, you know, so we, sometimes we've got to try stuff and sometimes it doesn't work. And we see uh, we see what happens. What have I written down here? 0344 499 by the way, if you... Uh... Oh, no, I like, no, I like this. Um... And it, it's it, it, it's written a little bit snide, to um, to be a little bit mean. But I I dig this. The men who won't let go, let go, let go of childhood, and it's men who've got toys. I like that. I like toys, and I'm a man. We're a nation of big kids with record numbers of adults buying their own toys. 
One in five Lego kits and action figures goes to over-18s in a, tre- a trend dubbed Peter Pan syndrome. I don't, I don't like Lego. I nev- I've never dug Lego. My boys love it, but I've never really been into it. Um, here, Kate Jackson meets five blokes into boyhood hobbies like rocker and model train nut Rod Stewart. Um, who have we got here? All right, Jeremy, 47, scale electric buff. Here's the thing, scale electric is a bit rubbish. And you think when you get old, oh, I'll get scale electric, and it'll be, yeah, it's a bit, I bought one for the boys, and it didn't really last very long. Um, and then I bought loads of spare track off of eBay, and the spare track didn't work, because you've got to kind of polish it. Oh, it's a nightmare, it's, it, it got chucked in the end. Um, and also, it's bo- it is quite boring, scale electric. It's just plastic cars going around a track, and if you go too fast, they fly off. That's it. That's it. Let's have a race. Why? Jeremy Naylor, a quantity surveyor and dad of three from Epsom, Surrey, has a log cabin full of scale electric. A log cabin. Now you're talking. It's 20 foot long with a full track that can race up to six cars at the same time. It's all landscape with scenery. I probably spend... A, hang on a minute. I probably spend about four to £5,000 on my hobby each year. What? What the hell? It's escapism. And what's nice is that my eight-year-old, Kieran, is really into it. So it's become a father-son bonding thing. Yeah, I know, but I bet you tell him off. Don't, don't! Not! Not! Oh, not like that. Let me do it. We've got, um, you know, we've got the Nintendo Switch, right? And we've got a game. I, I bought. A, there's not many games out for it, but I bought a brilliant game. I can't remember what it's called. It's called Cut and Paste or something. I can't remember what it's called. And basically, you are just two player, and you're two bits of paper, okay? And um, you have to. Th- th- you, there are shapes on the the page, and you have to put your bits of paper in the shape and cut it so you cut the other one and the other one cuts you so you can fit in the shapes and as the game goes on the shapes get more and more complicated and then you have to do more and more things like um you have to um cut your friend in a certain shape so that a grabber and then you have to operate a grabber so a grabber comes and picks him up and then it goes and if he's not kind of grippy enough then you just fall out and it goes on and it's it's brilliant it's a brilliant brilliant puzzle game right but it is it is so hard. It is so hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, the kids are doing it. And I'm watching. And I'm getting frustrated. And I'm going, right, give me, give me the, no. Oh, God, no. No. Hit, hit that. Hit it. Oh, give it here. I'll do it. And it is, oh, it's so annoying. So annoying. But such a good game. That, and then there's one where you control a snake. And um, you've got to move the snake around and climb up things. And you've got to do it by lifting your head. Then you've got to grip, you've got to collect keys. Flip it in there. I'll bring it next week, Ed. Have a go on it next week. Uh, yes, Paul? I sent you a couple of emails. Uh, yeah, I've I'm not... My... Uh, yes, I've ignored them. Okay, sorry. It's only because I've lost my voice a little bit. And I didn't know if I could speak. If only. If only. I've been sucking on some horse suvers. You've been doing some what? I've been sucking on some he horse said, He said sucking, guys. He said, did you steal them from your mum? <laughs> the ones she had left, yeah, I've used. Yeah, you, you, have you really? 
Yes, I did. So there's a whole Soothers that you bought as a gift for Mother's Day. Yeah, yes. You've nicked them back. No, I asked for them. Unbelievable. That is outrageous behaviour. But can I just say, you were talking about Legos, like, grown-ups like in Lego. Legos, yes. And Skeletrics and things like that. Now, do you know what I think is the worst invention for grown-up men that do things like that, Neil? Yes. They ha- they ha- they might even... They buy a house yes. with their family. Mm-hmm. They have a wife, two, three children. But then they decide to build an extension. Right. And that extension doesn't end up to be a playroom for their children. Yes. It ends up being the guy's... The husband's man cave. So you're jealous? No, I'm not. You sound jealous. A man cave. You sound jealous. That is the worst thing in a man cave. You sound jealous. Jealous to what? No, I'm just saying it's a man cave. It's just you sound. Why are you so jealous of of that? Well, I don't. I I don't need a man cave. Okay, but you sound jealous. Why would I be? No, I'm not jealous. Well, you sound it. I can manage to do everything I need to do in my bedroom. Right, so your bedroom is oh, your I've man got cave. There's another one before you there. So your your bedroom is a man cave. My bedroom just functions for everything I need. Well, what what do you need? <laughs> well, I can have huh? my telly, my radio. So it's your man cave. No, it's my bedroom. Yeah, but it's your man cave. No, what I'm saying is most husbands have a bedroom, but then they have to have another room in the house that could be a playroom. Yes, a man for cave. For their children. Yes, a man no, cave. It's for them personally to yes. have God knows how many computer But games why are you so jealous of them? I'm not jealous. I'm just saying it's a ridiculous invention in modern day. Yes. Husbands, husbands build extensions just for them, not to be a playroom for their children, but to have for themselves. Talk radio, talk and entertainment across the nation. Talk radio, give it some lift.